you pass up the opportunity to spit blood in Joan Baez's face? Face, face, face. Dude, I'm so funny I inverted an epiglottis. Let's round up the faceless and get some pajamas. Dude, I didn't know my head was a bank. That's fucking awesome. I want to eat so many Tootsie Rolls, I just shit a tire. I jerked off at this town so much, it might be a surfboard. Mr. Schmidt is an entertainer, not a cool. Hey, what's happening, Mike Schmidt, 40-year-old boy podcast. Let me ask you folks a question. When you make food, if you cook some sort of food, if you cook some sort of sustenance, if you have food that you enjoy and you eat part of it and you want to save the leftovers for another time, do you save those leftovers for a year? Are you that kind of person? And if you are, would you then offer those leftovers you've saved for a year to a guest because you're really concerned about someone else joining you in the afterlife with a dual poisoning from frozen fruit being fucking unthawed? What the fuck, folks? Uh, you may have heard that in the background. That's uh, the, the chortling of a fearful Jesuit who just tried to kill me. And that's not, that's not an exaggeration, folks. That's an absolute truth. That's a certainty. Because, uh, you know, I'm here visiting. I'm up at the compound, as it is, with the monks and, uh, and the skeletons and people like that, whoever else is in the house. And I'm, uh, you know, I'm a guest, so take care of me. That's, that's the bottom line. Make sure that I'm comfortable. Make sure that, because last time I came here, it was a successful trip. I, as I mentioned before, there was duck gumbo made, homemade duck gumbo. And we went on a sushi excursion. It was totally fun. So in my brain, I'm like, well, this trip is going to be great. We're going to get duck gumbo and sushi excursion because that's that's really you've now set a baseline for when I come to your visits or come to visit you. I you you pretty much need to make duck gumbo and take me for sushi every time I come up. Anything else is going to be an incredible disappointment. So literally just now, not not seconds ago. Fearful Jesuit said, uh, hey, I'm not making duck gumbo this trip. Is that going to be a, a problem for you? And I said, well, actually, I'm disappointed. And he gave me a quizzical look, and I went, I wish I could say I was lying, but I'm absolutely disappointed you're not making duck gumbo. And he said, well, you know, I have duck gumbo in the freezer from the last time you were here. And then I turned on the microphone because I had to share that with you motherfuckers, because are you kidding me? Now, look, it doesn't surprise me, because if you were here, I'm going to be, uh, here's something, you know, everybody says to, my, to me, they're like, hey, what's Fearful Jesuit's compound like? Uh, if there's monks and all sorts of people, but I will tell you this, you know, I've, I've read a lot about compounds in the past, uh, monk-laden compounds from the past, and, uh, and if there was one thing the monks always did, uh, because they had to, because otherwise the head monk would come around and whack him in the head with a fucking monk broom or whatever the fuck, uh, monks kept their place clean, pristine, it was their living area, they made sure they lived in a clean place, because again, clean mind, clean body, clean Buddha, clean Jesus, whatever the fuck he comes down. He's happy. Cause what if, cause again, if you're a monk, you're constantly thinking that the rapture or the enlightenment is going to happen at any moment. You think that Jesus or some, whatever the guy you believe in is going to come along and go and knock on the door and you're going to have to open it up and go, Holy fuck. I've been writing my name on a grain of rice for 18 years waiting for this moment. And then sure enough, he shows up. You let him into a sparkling palace. There's bonsai trees. There's statues of Buddha. There's a waterfall. There's a fucking Asian woman having a karate fight with a woman in a uh, Bruce Lee tracksuit in the backyard. It's happening. Uh, well, let me tell you something. Uh, the monks in the Bay Area don't care so much about cleanliness. They're not, they're not on board with that. They're not taking care of the... Com- I, there are... You know, he mentioned that he had frozen duck gumbo in the freezer. He also has the eggshells from when he made me breakfast last time I was here in the sink, still in the sink. Uh, when I walked into the house, I was like, I couldn't... I was... Because uh, look, here's the thing. When I come to your house the first time, I'm the talent. And you gussy the place up. You make sure it's beautiful. You make sure it looks good for a guy like me. And then the second time I come along, you're just, well, that's just Mike. <laughs> you don't care anymore. You just don't fucking care. I'm the goddamn talent, man. Uh, I'm here last night. I'm working. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting at the table talking to him, have a wonderful conversation. Out of nowhere, he just dumps 
four pounds of oregano on the on the table for the cat to rifle through. Just just like uh, we're we're sitting. I go, what is that? He goes, oh, it's catnip. I got to get the cat high. Uh, why? I I literally I don't know what else because that's the head weird baked 17 year old blowing smoke in a cat's face i get all that this is a man of of letters this is a man who runs a compound filled with monks who are devoted to his every single word he runs a a podcast debunking conspiracy theories unfortunately he will never debunk the conspiracy of why cats get high because he dumped out a pile of grass clippings and let this fucking cat roll around in i'm i'm a foot away I'm going to get caught in this cat blowback. This cat's going to get high. It's going to look at me, think I'm a giant mouse, scratch my fucking face. Everything's going to go awry. I can't handle that business. I'm the goddamn talent. Wrap me in bubble wrap and put me in a safe place before you get the cat bucket high. Uh, oh, my God. I just thought of something. Hold on. How do you not market bubble wrap to people who get their cats high? How do you not? That's You have to do that immediately. Cats need to, because that would be our cat. Oh, dude, you get a cat high and then you give them bubble wrap. Uh, you know what? I take it back. That. I'm going to say that that's a really good way to drive a cat insane. And I don't mean like as a, as like a, like slang version. I mean, le- legitimately medically insane committed to a cat house or a house of metal, mental cats or whatever the fuck. Like, cause if a cat is all high and then he's stomping on bubble wrap and it won't stop. And then his, cause he never hears that noise normally, man. So that's, that's the key. If you want to drive your, hold on, I, I've changed this rather than entertaining them. I'm going to give you a subtle way to drive your cat insane. If you ever want to have it committed, if you want to inherit all of your cat's money, here's what I want to do. If your cat is rich, and you can't chance killing it, but you want to go ahead and get it declared legally incompetent and you want to have it committed to a cat mental hospital, then what you do is you get it high and you make it walk around in bubble wrap because that will fry that fucking cat's brain because the rest of the time he doesn't hear that goddamn noise. You know, that cat's walking around and then all of a sudden he's high and a fucking 21 gun salute goes off. He's going to freak the fuck out. And then you call the fucking white coats. They scoop him up in a goddamn net and throw him in the cat mental hospital. And then you're visiting him and fucking cat McMurphy and cat chief are in there fighting with cat nurse ratchet. It's fucking beautiful. My point is, if I come to your house, throw away the eggshells. All right, that's that's all I'm asking. That's it. And don't freeze the food that I ate the last time I was here and trot it out for me under the guise of keeping me nourished because I'm just going to fucking die. I can't even imagine. I, you're, like that duck, he's like, literally, he saved the duck gumbo. And look, I understand if you saved it because you want me to come back and sign the container. I totally understand that. Again, I am the talent. I understand that was a, a milestone in your life, certainly not in mine because I'm, I'm, I do this all the time. But you, in a compound with monks and everybody else, I guess this has got to be boring as fuck. Like I said, they're all... They're they're counting rice grains. They're polishing gongs. I mean, fuck this joint, right? But instead, I come to town. And it's like, ho, ho, look how the big swinging dicks in town. All the monks go hide in the basement, and I sit up here with a fucking high cat. A fucking two-lane bobblehead. All right, so... Uh, so I'm here and it's exciting to be at the compound. I do enjoy coming here to visit the fearful Jesuit. I, I, I don't understand why he's saving food from years ago. Um, but that's fine. I suppose I, I, I flew out here from, uh, you know, from California and, and dudes, fuck it never ends. It never fucking ends. Um, as you know, we have rebirth. Uh, we are trying to change our lives. We're trying to become an adult. We're trying to be a grown man, trying to be a person in this world. And, uh, and I, I'm accomplishing it. I was, I was like 95% done with my apartment. And then I went and got stuff like movie posters framed and, uh, and I'm, I'm getting stuff squared away. I got, I had my cleaning ladies come last week and they polished the fuck out of everything. I sorted through an, a few more boxes and threw away a few more things. I got rid of stuff. And then I, I actually, here's what I did, dudes. I had a fucking epiphany. I had already fucking fixed the apartment where I had put all of my luggage and stuff in the, in the front closet. And then I put all these boxes of things like videotapes, shut up and other things that are hiding in my closet in my bedroom. And then I went, you know what? I have to get my suitcases out a lot more than I have to get my videotapes out. Why don't I go with the big switcheroo here? Why don't I go revolving door? So I did, man. I made the front closet. I took all the stuff out of there that, that I thought you know, the, the suitcases basically. And I put them in 
the 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 bedroom closet and then I took all of the boxes out of the bedroom closet and I put them in the front closet and I'm and and I'll be in Scotland before ye. That's all I'll say to you. It's fucking beautiful, man. It was gorgeous. And then I got a dresser. Like uh, my buddy Jack was like, hey, man, I got a dresser. Uh, all right. And uh, it, Jack's a lovely man. And Pat's like, dude, I'll totally help you get that dresser. So he offered it to me like a month ago. And I'm like, all right, well, that's, I said, dude, I totally want it. And it, uh, he's the guy, Jack's the guy I got the sleigh bed from after Siegel's bed fucking ate it. So he's like, hey, man, I'm actually giving away a bed if you want it. And it's a sleigh bed. So it's got like that curvy toboggan headboard and, and footboard. Oh, it's beautiful. And now he's like, well, I got a dresser that kind of matches the bed if you're interested. I said, yeah, but that's a month ago. So I'm trying to organize a posse to go over there and grab the fucking thing. And I'm trying to talk to my friends and I'm trying to task grab it and get a truck and whatever the fuck. And I'm going to have to run a truck. Who knows? Cause that, cause Pat's like, dude, it's too heavy for my car and it's too big. It's not going to fit in. Cause Pat actually, cause Pat's a genius. Pat went over there once on his own. Again, just to surprise me because I'm an incompetent man. And he was just like, hey, I mean, I'll just bring the dresser over to Mike's house. And he, he calls me up and he's like, dude, it's fucking uh, heavy. It's, it's like very heavy. I said, all right, man, I can help you. Oh, by the way, I just think I had a big, huge intake of air there. I, I've been listening because I've listened to the show now because, again, I'm a producer. And also when I was editing the Joker chunk from for YouTube, you know, I take these big gulps of air. Is that a thing? Should I stop that? I mean, I, I can't stop it because I, I will die. <laughs> I mean, really. But what I mean is, there should I, uh, does it bother you guys when you hear it? Because, again, you'll you'll hear me talk for basically 90 seconds and then I take it a huge intake of breath. And I don't know if that makes everybody go, eh. Because, um... I'm gaining an appreciation for what Lily did for the for this show a lot more over the over the course of the time that I'm winding having up to do it winding up have to do it winding up having to do it myself. Um, see, there was always an intake of air, uh, and every time I see it, the blue lines go up. It's like it's like the biggest fucking thing on the th- on the on the the graph. I have a graph, folks. I have a pie chart of the show. It's very fantastic. You should check it out. The biggest slice of pie is me taking breaths, which is good. And honestly, if you took a pie chart of your whole life, if you made a pie graph of your entire life, I got to think breathing is the biggest slice of that pie, right? Sleeping is somewhere in there. Swallowing, swallowing, because uh, we're always swallowing all the time. I, what do you think you do? Swallow more or breathe more? You breathe more or swallow more? Hmm. All right, I just swallowed there, but I'm breathing a lot. I'm going to go breathing. I breathe, You know, if my pie chart is more about breathing, yours could be about swallowing. It depends on who you are as a person. Uh, yeah, but I demand, you know what? Right now, I demand everybody make a pie chart of their lives. I, I just, just go ahead. The amount of time there's sleeping, there's, there's uh, fucking swallowing, and there's breathing. And that's it. There's really nothing else. Uh, saving old food and offering it to friends. How about that? Is that a fucking thing on your pie chart? That's going to be the, t- I hope that's the tiniest fucking sliver there is. What if it was the biggest sliver in fucking Jesuit's pie? Oh my, what if he did that for everybody? He had guests over, he made them like a complex dish, and then a year later, he offered them the same fucking, uh, the leftovers. Uh, I just, because he's also kind of a haughty guy. Does that make sense? He's haughty. He's uh, he's very, uh, you know, he's got the same voice. If you listen to the show, you know, he's got that spooky ooh voice. Well, he's got that in real life too. So then when you wind up talking to him, you're, you're kind of, because people will tell me when they hear me that, sound, that I have like a radio voice, but he's got, I mean, he's just got that voice that sounds like the, you know, you're in the night gallery, that kind of fucking thing where like he's, he's telling you one thing and the next thing he goes, look at this haunted painting, like that kind of bullshit. <laughs> So that's who he is as a dude. So we wind up talking like, but, but so then when he offers me year old duck gumbo, it sounds ominous. Of course it does. It just sounds like something that I don't want to delve myself into. But what if he does that with all the people he has them over? Like he'll have a guest over and he'll make some like recipe where it's like fucking egg, egg foo young. And then they come back a year later and he's like, well, I'm glad you've arrived back at the compound. And then he just fucking whips out the egg foo young. And the people are like, I thought we finished this. And he's like, no, I always set aside some from my initial preparation to offer for you a year later. <laughs> I don't know why he's the count from fucking Sesame street but um but he does have that uh, uh but yeah his voice is uh, it's it's hypnotic it's uh, you know that kind of thing he's got that fucking like people tell me sometimes i sound like i have a radio voice but then also i talk like a fucking chicago idiot like he's he's posh 
And then he's got like the posh voice to go with it. He said he sounds like a fucking count, which is fucking that's just creepy as shit. And I don't mean I said he was the count from Sesame Street. I mean, a real count. He does. He's not fucking, you know, counting chocolate sundays and falling downstairs and laughing. He's just like counting. So he's like, well, he's not really he doesn't count anything. He's a count. He sounds like a count, like the count of Monte Cristo. By the way, he actually made me a Monte Cristo last time I was here. He's got half of it in the fucking freezer right now. <laughs> hey, man, you want me to bust out this fucking sandwich that you enjoy? I've got some jelly from years past. Oh, that's what I want. You know what I want? Aged jelly. That sounds great. Um, so I'm here, folks. And so I, I, I get offered this dresser by Jack and, and Pat's like, I'll go get it for you. And then Pat's like, I can't carry the fucking thing. So a month goes by. It just turned out I went to Canada, all these different things interfered. And then finally last week, it turned out Jack was in town because he had been out of town too. He was in Vegas. So we were all there. Uh, it had dovetailed nicely. We had, it, it, stars were aligned. Come pick up the dresser before poker. Cause I played poker last Thursday. Uh, as you know, I, I rec- I finished recording the show on Thursday before my poker game. So, um, <laughs> I went and I went to pick up this dresser and um, in line with what I just told you about how Jesuits got eggshells in the sink. All right, look, this is a man who's taken me into his house. He's he's paid for my Uber a couple of times. He's bought me dinner. He's making a dinner tomorrow that I'm sure I can't wait to eat in 2020. Uh, it's going to be fantastic. But uh, and so, of course, but I, you know, me, I, 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 I tease people about their things and their houses and their cats rolling around in a pile of fucking dope. Um but I, and I hope certainly I, I'm, let's look at this already. I'm apologizing halfway through the show. I, uh, halfway through the show, how great would that be if this was halfway through the show? Um, but, but I, uh, look, I accept your hospitality and I'm sure glad to be here, but at the same time, it would be nice to have a clean glass. That's all like that kind of thing. You know what I mean? Now, yes, they're clean cups. Don't make a face at me. But, but what I'm saying is like other, that's who I am as a guy. It's weird. Like I can't just, I, I can't like, I do it. I got up this morning to take a shower. There was cat food in the shower. What the fuck is that, man? Are you fucking kidding me? And, and look, I understand things happen. Uh, something fell down and then you had to rush off to work. But then I come and again, this, here's the thing. It speaks to how comfortable he is with me in his house to where he's willing to have a disaster area and not care that I'm here. He's like, Oh, Mike's our pal. He doesn't care that everything's fucking ruined. And, and, and truthfully, that's, I guess, okay. That's kind of right. But also there's that little guy inside me who's just like, uh, I could, could you, I don't know, hire somebody to sweep up the cat food and get it out of the sink. Could you do that possibly? And it's dry cat food because here's the thing. I was going to bring, all right, I have to sleep in the basement here. The room's in the basement. That's totally fine. It's a nice room. But the bathroom downstairs, uh, as I've talked about on the last show, the um, there's a bathroom with a shower, but it's a fucking, it, you know what? It's a Lord of the Fly shower. It's not, it's not good. It's just this fucking Wild West, no curtain, no fucking anything. It just goes all over the whole fucking room. You know, the, the, it's like a, I've been in hotels like that where they've got just a shower head in the bathroom. They're just like, yeah, man, make your own rules. Fuck you, hippie shower. <laughs> want to do that i want to stand in a box with fucking surrounded by curtains or glass and i want to get clean i want to suds to fuck up and i want to make sure droplets are captured and i'm not making a big fucking mess because i'm a kind i can make a big fucking mess flailing my arms i'm six two though already i'm too tall for the fucking shower head whatever but also this so this room there's no like i said no no boundaries man there's no fucking curtain or glass you just stand under the shower head and it's all it goes all over the bathroom like a busted fucking hose but also the fucking the ceiling is the clearance on it has to be six, three cause I'm six, two and my hair's touching the ceiling. Like, I mean, I'm like right on it. And, uh, so then I have to like crazily bend over to wash my fucking hair. And look, I do that in the hotel showers when I'm on the road, I'll be in a hotel and it's like fucking a five foot shower head. So I got to crouch down and bend and do a fucking downward facing dog to get my hair clean. But unfortunately I, but 
I can move to the side in a hotel shower. I can like step away and, and there's the ceiling isn't right down on top of me. It's not like I'm being, I'm not showering in the trash room in star Wars. You know what I mean? Where I'm just getting fucking crushed. So down there, if I get in the room with the wild west shower, I mean, I can walk wherever the fuck I want, but I can't raise my hands up to wash my hair because they'll punch the fucking ceiling. So then I got to get into a catcher's crouch call for a fastball and scrub my fucking hair. I mean, that's just fucking awful, dude. Nobody wants to do that. So that's downstairs. So he's like, oh, well, dude, there's a shower upstairs you can totally use. Yes, but you didn't tell me it was a fucking petting zoo. I had no fucking clue because I, I did. I slept downstairs yesterday, came upstairs to take the shower. And I mean, it, it, let's put it this way. It looked like at some point, Fearful Jesuit had decided in the evening that I was a cat and he was going to set a trail of cat food to try to capture me in a small room and murder me because it went from there. He has a music room where he's got all of his fucking band stuff set up. Yeah. Like him and the monks are jamming when I'm not here. That's fucking fantastic. I love that idea. He's just got his huge fucking robe. The monks are playing their fucking timpani and he's just fucking rolling with it. But he's got a guitar. He's buying a fucking synth. And oh, by the way, if you ever want to, you ever heard anything about a synth, talk to fearful Jesuit because he'll tell you for like 45 minutes about what kind of synth he's going to buy. I'm going to buy a synth with a laptop interface and I'm going to play thousands of instruments. And I, I could not, honestly care less about any of this with Tim with any of that um but of course I care I mean I'm, we're all friends I want to hear about your synth please talk about it here you know what I got a little surprise for you turn the microphone over to Phil Jesuit he's gonna lull you to sleep with 45 minutes of synth talk so uh I come upstairs because again I gotta take the shower so I so I have to have a plan I'm like well I can brush my teeth downstairs because usually at my house here's how <laughs> Get ready for another description of me in the shower. I brush my teeth in the shower. Fuck, it's easier. You know, I just fuck it. I throw some uh, toothbrush, uh, t- toothpaste on the toothbrush, jam it in my mouth. I get in the shower. I wash my hair, brush my teeth, and then fucking wa- we're off to the races. Body, fucking conditioner, hair, face, whatever. Um, but here, it's, it's a fucking split level. It's it's a decision. It's a thing I get. I'm, I'm downstairs. What do I do down there? I'm not taking a Wild West shower. It's not happening. Uh, I'm not taking a no boundary shower. I'm not taking a bad touch shower as I'll call it, but, uh, but I can brush my teeth down there. But also that's because also here's another thing too. I, I, uh, I brush my teeth in my shower and then I, I have a, uh, I have a towel that I put my toothbrush on. I lay it on the towel because I don't want, it's just, it's just done its job. So it needs to rest. I don't, I'm not going to just, what am I going to just fucking whip it across the goddamn room? My, my toothbrush, he was in battle. He took care of his own business. He scrubbed some bicuspids. He, he fucking made some molars shiny. And now I, I lean out of the shower and I lay him down on a towel so he gently can go to sleep because he's done. He's done until that night when I got to borrow him again. Um, but, but here there's no, there's no toothbrush towel. Like, like I mentioned, there's, there's fucking, there's a rat. I mean, like, like lurking. There's all sorts of stuff all over the ground. I, I don't, and that's the thing is I can't chance tossing the toothbrush to uh to the towel over like because i had it on another shelf because then if it slides off and hits the floor here i mean i have to burn it right i just i just have to i have to burn it from space i have to there's there's just no other way i have to torch everything from fucking space me and ripley and michael b and just have to fucking blast the fuck out of my toothbrush because if it touches the floor in this joint not happening because again the floor is full of cat food um so I had to make a decision. Do I brush my teeth downstairs? Do I brush my teeth upstairs? And so, but this is before I knew about the cat food. I, so I said, you know what? I'll, there's a sink up there. I'll brush my teeth upstairs. I came upstairs and then there was cat food all over the ground all and in the, in the sink. And not, and look, I know what you're thinking. Canned cat food? Ugh, what kind of an animal do you think he is? No, it's, uh, it was dry cat food. But if I would have brushed my teeth in there, because then I have to make that fucking choice. I could brush my teeth in there, but then then you get a mushy cat food thing in the drain and it's going to fuck everything up. And I know you're thinking, well, Mike, you could probably just clean the cat food out of the sink. Probably. But also, I'm new here, man. 
maybe this is like a game he plays with the cat where like the cat doesn't like to eat out of a bowl. So he just throws a fucking Jackson Pollock, a cat food all over the goddamn room. And then the cat finishes it up by the time he gets home and it's clean. I get no fucking idea. I don't want to fuck with his cat games. Uh, it could be like a cat Olympics. Could be a cat challenge. Maybe this cat is like Joey Chestnut and he eats as much cat food as he can all day long. Like in a fucking eating contest. I got no clue. Joey Catnut. Joey Chess Cat. Uh, but also, uh, let's be truly honest. I don't want to touch this cat food. I don't, I don't want to put anything in the sink. I don't want to scoop it up just in case. Cause if it got wet, then it's going to be nasty. And it just, and just the, the just the, the smell. It's the smell. I don't, I, the cats, pets. I look, I, it's so funny. You've never met a guy who wants a dog more, more intensely in his life. Who doesn't want any smells or bad things from the dog. Like, like I may get that dog, but I may keep him in a bubble. Like I may just put him in like a, like one of those, like, a, you know, I'm going to call Wayne coin. I'm going to get that flaming lips ball and I'm just gonna put my dog in that. And he can roll all the fucking way around my house. Cause uh, I don't want any hair or spit from that guy. But at the same time, I want all the love. I want all the love you can give me, dog. But please keep your hair and your spit to yourself. Uh, so this might be a game he has with his cat. And I don't want to fuck that up. I don't know how he, what his relationship is. And again, he or or you know what? Maybe it's his way of, of if he thought the house was too clean, he wanted to penalize the monks and he wanted to throw cat food all over just as a way to see if they would take the initiative and clean up the cat food or if they wouldn't because master didn't tell them to clean it up. And like me, they thought it should just lay on the ground for the cat. Because you know what? If he comes home and there's cat food all over the place, well, let the beatings commence. That's what I say. These monks are going to get fucking pounded. Maybe that's the whole thing. Maybe it's a, it's a Kobayashi Maru of cat food for these fucking monks. I don't know how it works. The point is I don't want to touch it. I don't, I just, cause I don't want to, I don't want to squish it. I don't want to, it's just, you know, me, um, we came, we came home last night. I'll just tell you this. We came home last night and he's like, I, I was, uh, we were supposed to eat last night. And then he was like, fuck you, Mike, you're not getting anything to eat. And we, so I said, okay, great. And then we came home and, uh, and then he's like, Hey, do you want uh, a pita bread with butter? And I was just like, I don't know, gold in my ear. Do you have pita bread with butter? What the fuck? Really? Um, and he's like, yeah, I'm, uh, if you want pita bread. I said, yeah, okay, whatever. I mean, that sounds good you, to you. And he's like, yeah. And then he pulled out like a starter dough. Like like a, he pulled out an actual dough. And uh, and, then, and by the way, I'm getting ahead of myself. I don't want to tell you this fucking story. Well, I'll tell you it. Well, he, well, all right. So first of all, he's nine drinks in. Like we went out last night and he's drunk. He's like, he can barely stand up. And he's like, you want me to make you some bread? I'm like, wait a minute. Are you a drunk baker? Um, but then he pulled out this pita dough. He's like, I, yeah, I make pita dough and I keep it in the house. Uh, and for all I know, he may have made this a year ago for another guest. I got no fucking clue how he handles his life. Um, but he's like, if you're hungry, I can make you a pita with butter. And I was like, I, all right, I guess. And, um, and he pulls out dough and, and then he just throws flour all over the countertop and he just starts squishing out the dough with a rolling pin and shit. And then he cooked it in a cast iron skillet and brought it over to me with like jelly and butter. And, uh, and look, was it fucking incredible? Yes. Was it amazingly delicious? Yes. Was it exactly what I wanted in that moment? Of course it was because it was just, it just tasted happy. Like it was just like, you know, cause I was, I was a little, uh, <laughs> I was bummed because we were supposed to go to this taco joint and I'll tell you about that a little bit later. Um, but he just like, oh, fuck, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. But the point is he made me this food and it was great. But then the, the point on top of that point is when I came upstairs to take a shower there's fucking flour all over the floor and all over the countertop and just fucking and like half a butter container on its back. And I, I just, I felt bad because I made him do that, but also he's drunk. He can't clean the kitchen. But then I'm like, has he been drunk for months? Because this kitchen is, looks like a bomb hit it. I don't know. Fuck. I, I, you know, he's staring at me right now and I'm, I'm very disappointed because he's disappointed. Now he's going to kick me out of here because I'm supposed to be here for one extra day. I'm supposed to be here tomorrow. And I don't know if it's going to, well, tomorrow or today, you're getting this Thursday. I'm recording this Wednesday. Um, so fuck we're, uh, 
oh, dresser. I was supposed to get a dresser at my house. So fucking, I'm talking to Jack, and uh, and they finally get it set up last Thursday to go get it the, before poker. And uh, and again, so again, this gets to me talking about him with him very nicely hosting me in, in the house. But then I'm like, uh, could you, you know, I, I, you know, I'm like fucking Alice in the Brady Bunch doing the white glove test or military cousin Emma or whatever the fuck when she walked through and she's like looking for streaks and shit. I mean, why? I, I shouldn't care about that because I and I really truthfully don't. But there, but you you all know me and you all know there's a little guy inside me who's just like, what the fuck, man? Uh, he's not real. I mean, he just shows up occasionally, but also at the same time. Yeah. I, should I be carried everywhere on a barge by muscled men, Cleopatra style? Of course I should. Should people cut my meat for me and feed me? Yes, they should. Should they tuck napkins into my under my chin and wipe my face? And then fucking blow me and put me to bed. Of course they should. Everywhere I go, that should happen because I am the talent for fuck's sake. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I'm friends with Jesuit. We're just pals uh, as as close as you can be to a specter. Uh, you know, I, I, I consider him a friend, even though he can disappear in a puff of smoke at any moment. Uh, and every, I, even though we go out into the neighborhood and he's turning over every single rock looking for a conspiracy and interviewing passerby trying to figure out who was responsible for the Kennedy assassination. I'm like, look, this is a bus stop. I don't know why you're talking to these guys. I got to think they wouldn't, if, if on the off chance they were involved in the Kennedy assassination, they wouldn't be in this country any longer. And if they were in this country, they wouldn't be waiting for a bus because they know you're on the case. Word is out, man. Um, so, so I, what the fuck dresser? So I'm going to get, I'm going to get a dresser. Uh, and, and so the dresser, it's a very nice gesture. It's really amazing that he's going to give me this dresser. But, uh, but we get to, we get to Jack's house and Jack's not there. So Pat and I go in the backyard and, uh, the dresser's in the yard, like it's outside and it's been outside the entire time because they, you know, they've, they've renovated their whole house. So they were going to get rid of it. And they put the word out if anybody wanted it. And then like a week later, I heard about it and said I'd take it. So it's been outside for a month, maybe five weeks. And uh, we walk in the backyard and there's the there's two giant blue tarps just slung over it. And I, and I went, I looked at Pat, I go, oh man, I don't know if I want this thing. And he goes, you haven't even fucking seen it yet. I'm like, I, I know, but it's it's outside. It's in the wild. There could be a fox living in it. I mean, I have no idea what's happening with this dresser. He's like, well, look, if he goes, you don't have to take this. If you don't want to say so, I go, well, I need a dresser and I want a dresser. But I mean, it's just, but it's, it's full of spiders. And he goes, it's not full of spiders. And I go, I, but even if, all right, look, even if it's not full of spiders, if there's one spider, you know what? Maybe there's, if there's one pregnant spider in that, in that dresser, you saw that Star Trek. If there's one pregnant earwig in this dresser, I'm finished. I'm just dead, man. She's fertile female. I'm dead. So we take the tarps off and then it's just, it's, I mean, it's beautiful. It matches, like I said, it matches my headboard. It's not, it's not scratched up, but it's like missing a leg. So it's, it's, it's got three legs and then it's, it's perched up on top of two, two by fours. And I'm like, I don't want this fucking hobo dresser. Are you kidding me? And Pat goes, seriously, if you don't want it, we can take off. And I go, I, I don't know. He goes, look, Mike, he goes, I can take the other legs off. He goes, that's even better. Cause then it'll sit flat in your room. It's perfect. I said, yeah, but what if I do it just, it might be filled with rot. And he's like, why would it be filled with rot? They've had it in their house forever. I go, yeah, but for a month, a lot can happen if you're outside for a month. If you were homeless for a month, what would you look like? <laughs> and he laughed, thankfully. And then he's just like, I don't fucking know, dude. I, if you don't want it, we can leave. And I'm like, I, uh, I, I don't know, I guess. And then there was, there was a cobweb on it, which freaked me out because I thought it was a spider. And I, I just, and look, you get what you pay for. All right. And I'm paying nothing for my friend's dresser. 
And if he stores it in the goddamn yard amidst the elements, then that's on me. And if I want to buy a new dresser, I'll buy a new fucking dresser. But, but this was really nice. It's got like fucking like, I think seven or eight drawers along with two doors that open with shelves. So like, I I was like, I could, cause like, I haven't had a dresser. I mean, I mean, since I was a kid, maybe I, I, when I was even with Karen, when we lived together in, in Naperville, we had a big closet. So all my stuff was on the floor, jeans. I mean, I hung all my shirts up, but jeans, socks, whatever box briefs, everything was in neat piles, but in piles or on shelves. I never, I never had a dresser. And then we moved to California. I never got one because I just in the closet again, I put everything on the ground. Um, and so we just, it was just nothing, nothing I ever really concerned myself with. But the more, as I said, I've gotten older and it would be nice to have some semblance of order. It would be nice to have somewhere to put my things. But do I really want something that's filled with praying mantises to come into my goddamn house? I mean, they're going to eat my socks. It's going to be fucking terrible. I'm going to fucking throw some boxer briefs on and some of those roly poly bugs are going to climb into my ass. I mean, dude, I can't have that happen. Um, so I try, I tried to temper it. I'm like, all right, this is going to be fine. I, I'm, I'm supposed this will be fine. Let's hope it'll be fine. Uh, and Pat, you know, we tip it over and then, you know, I take the drawers out. I start putting them in my and you know, one of the drawers did have like a bug in it and I had to dump him out. And then of course that sent me panicking where I'm like, well, what if there's more bugs and they're hiding? But I mean, it's a dresser. It's not like there's a lot of fucking corners you can go around. It's not, a, it wasn't, it wasn't a haunted dresser. It was just a dresser. So, uh, but I carried the drawers and then Pat took off the legs and then Jack showed up and he was real cool. And I'll tell you this too. We had to carry this fucking dresser from his backyard out to my car uh, or to Pat's car and put it on the roof. Well, when we took all the drawers out, it made it lighter, of course, infinitely lighter or not infinitely. That seems weird. Infinitely lighter would be, that would it was a balloon. We floated it to my goddamn house. Uh, it was just lighter. So Jack goes, Hey, Oh, you know what guys? I have moving straps. And uh, Pat did not know what those were, but I knew what they were because I worked as a mover for like half a summer once. And uh, and I ever tell that story on here? I'll, I'll get into the, I'll get into that story. It was just, um, I I can't. All right, so uh, it was it was nothing. It was just people suck when you move their stuff. There you go. That's that, that's the end of all my moving stories. Um, but I wound up, uh, so I, he brings the straps out and what they do is you, you like run your, your arms through them. They hook around your elbow and then you wrap your wrists around and you can, you can, it's magic. You can lift anything in the fucking world. Cause at first I thought he was getting the straps out and he wanted me. Cause I've done this before where you strap something and you carry it on your own back. So like you're just using it to hold it to your back and you're controlling it while you're walking. But then I realized, you know, fucking Jack's there and Pat's there. If they want to help, they can help. So he gives Pat a strap. We both did that and we lift it up and Pat just looks at me with his face like, I'm buying these. I said, yeah, I, you know, now I want to buy them. I, I, I totally forgot about this. And I mean, I'm not even moving and I want to buy them. I just want to have them handy in case something happens. But we walked out, we put the dresser up on his fucking, uh, um, his, his car. We drove it up. And, and I said, now I have a dresser. I have a dresser. And, and, and so the house is, like I said, about 98% done. I went Monday of this week and I had a, a couple of movie posters framed. I had a photograph framed. I've got that stuff to take care of. And I've just got to figure out where to hang it and then get the TV squared away with the wires. And then my apartment was done. I mean, so I would even say, I'm like, I'm 98 and a half percent done. And, uh, and after I sorted through, once I did the fucking closet switcheroo and I pulled everything out of the front closet and I went and put it in the fucking side closet and the, in the bedroom closet. And I, I just, it, it was, I felt, I felt like an adult. I felt very accomplished. Like, cause I went, Hey, this, I figured this out. So where I can just, cause, um, in the front closet, there's, there's a lot of stuff. So the, the, the suitcases were on the bottom and they were underneath four quilts that I have, uh, that I'm not using cause it's still warm. And also I have. Uh, and don't, and don't judge me. I've probably got a hundred rolls of Charmin toilet paper that I, that I was, I bought or was gifted <laughs> because, uh, Maki, 
who you know, our, our friend Maki, when I spend Maki Mondays were with her every month or so, every other month, um, her husband works for a company, I can't say the name, but they get supplies in great uh, quantity. And she goes, hey, you're taking this home. And she had like, a, it was like 40 rolls of Charmin or 50 or something. And I'm like, what? And also uh, like 20 rolls of bounty toilet uh, paper towels. And I, I don't know who the fuck uses paper towels. I what what kind of rich person are you that you could have a separate paper product for your kitchen? I mean, I don't know who that is. Uh, yeah, you you're rich. You get a compounder for fuck's sake. But I'm I'm, a, I'm just like a single man in an apartment. I don't need a goddamn paper towel. You know what? And, and uh, but also I'll be honest with you. I got cloth towels to take care of that business, man. That's how I handle my business. Yeah. Well, you said you do if you have a fancy dinner. You do a fucking you bring out. The, that's another thing. Last night I'm eating and I go, hey, can I have a? All right, he's he's gonna fucking kill me for this. But he's like, hey man, you know, uh, you want a napkin or something? I'm like, yeah. If you got one, he goes, hold on. And he goes, uh, he, he brings me out a cloth towel. I said, are you sure you want me to use this? He goes, oh man, it's for, it's for company. It's for the fancy people. You know, when, whenever, he goes, it's one thing I learned from my family is I use the cloth towels if we have a fancy meal. And I said, oh, well, that's great. And then I, I, uh, I bit it. I bit, you know, the pita bread with the jelly and stuff. And I went to wipe my face. And uh, what they didn't tell him is that you're supposed to wash the towels after every meal because it, it was, look, here's the thing. You're a single dude. All right. I don't expect you to fucking because I'm 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 half gay. I mean, I'm half a lady. So this kind of shit is just it's just kind of ingrained in me. And I, I use everything that I use downy. I use fucking all this. And and I'm finding that whenever I stay at a person's house who's just a single guy, Ken in Toronto, you uh, and you know, just tell the monks you don't even have to handle this shit. You're not the one doing the fucking laundry. Have the monks do it. But everybody, everybody that I stay at their place, it was a single man. They uh. Like they've never heard of fabric softener. They they don't know what it is. They don't mind using the same dish towel or or bath towel for like for I, I like three weeks. You know what I mean? It's like like you go in to dry your hands and because I even I washed my hands and he pointed at a towel and uh, I it looked like the towel was in one of those rings that hangs there. No, the towel was just hovering in place because it was bent. It, it was just so it was so grimy. It was trying to escape by climbing up the wall and I grabbed it. It's just. Because men don't think like that. And I, I recognize that men just don't think, well, we got to do all the laundry. So we got to do all these napkins. We got to do all these tablecloths. We got to do, I, I mean, and I, I, dude, I downy the fuck out of everything. And I, I mean, my shirts, I over downy. I have the downy balls and they're these round globes and they have a line that says fill to here. I fill it like three times that. And, and my stuff comes out. It just, it just smells like a, like a floral banquet. It's just fantastic. Cause that's how I like to handle my business. I like my towels to smell like that. I like me to smell like that. And every time I go to a single, I was at Ken's house there. And look, it doesn't help that I'm like super smeller. I know that doesn't help, but when, when you, when you dry your face with a towel that smells like sour cream, it just, it just hits you in the face. You just know you're just like, Oh, this is uh and it, cause it might be clean. Like they might think it's clean cause they ran it through. Like they don't use enough detergent. Cause I mean, I use like fucking two pods. I mean, I, I just over clean the fuck out of everything. And you know what? Real men don't care. And I get that. They're all like from the old West and they're eating rabbits in a fire and pouring beans on themselves. And good for you. That's fine. I don't fucking, that's, I can't live like that. I'm the school marm. You guys go be cowboys and do whatever the fuck. I'm the school marm with the fucking clothes line who's going to clean everything properly and then let it dry in the sun because i i just i i can tell when something hasn't been washed or it's not clean and and, and also then i take a shower here this fuck today i go into the fucking shower like i mentioned i had to come upstairs and i, I wasn't in the fucking hippie shower downstairs i was in the in the this shower and uh i wasn't in the no boundary shower the ungame shower downstairs but up here uh there's a shower curtain and uh and, and I, <laughs> I brought my towel in there and uh I turn the dudes. I don't know 
why every, why are all of my fans why do they have soft water why does every one of my fans have soft water in their house and make me want to jerk off when I stay with them because I've mentioned that's all soft water is an aphrodisiac it just is because you're soaping up you got soft water you're touching your body you're like this doesn't even feel like me I kind of feel like a lady and then you're just like I'm going to run off a badge it's going to be fucking amazing but you can't because you're in somebody else's house and I mean also I'm surrounded by monks they see me violating my my oath of onanism or whatever the fuck I have to take when I come into the threshold and they're going to be like dude because I'll tell you what if the monks see me jerk off they're going to be like holy god we can do that and then it's a fuck fest like all of these monks just start fucking jerking off and you thought cat food all over the floor was a mess holy Jesus try try negotiating from the upstairs to the downstairs through pools of monk jism no thank you I got no interest in swimming through a river of fucking uh, uh, monk jizz just to climb downstairs Jesus Christ because yeah, you know what I would have to do just imagine me I get out of the shower up here and the monks are just going off and I got to put the towel around my face and I got to like fucking grab my shampoo and stuff and I got to just crawl through it like the pipe like fucking <laughs> like Tim Robbins and Shawshank I got to smash the fucking thing and it's like I just get to the fucking end and I climb down and I just look up to the sky I fucking extend my hands out and Morgan Freeman is just like oh Mike Schmidt had to crawl through a pool of monk jizz just to get downstairs and get dressed he came out clean on the other side. Fuck that. Um, so soft water, man. I just, it, it, it's just a thing. Like I just, it's, it's like, cause again, it turns your skin into lady skin and you got to touch all of it to clean it off. And then you're just like, ah, this is awesome. Uh, and then, like I said, you're just, you're fucking throwing a rod in the shower and you're like, I got to do something about this, but then it can't cause it's not your shower. Uh, so soft water again, can't have soft water in Toronto. I mentioned that and there's soft water here and, and then, but, the, so, but nobody, that's the weirdest thing. They have, they all have water softeners. Nobody buys fabric softener. You get, you know what? Fuck it. If you're going to go with all the softeners, get all the softeners. God damn it. Don't just fucking buttonhole yourself into one softener. Because then I take a shower. I'm like a lady. I've got a heart on. I'm like, oh, this is exciting. And then I'm like, oh, I got to restrain myself. And uh, and that's okay. Because then when I turn off the shower and I grab my towel and I put it on my face and it just smells like Roquefort dressing and my heart on goes away immediately. Harden? Heart on? Heart on? I got to take some water. Jesus Christ. Whoa, you drink water at the same time and they probably heard the ice rattling at the same thing. Uh, so my apartment, 98% done. Smells good. The carpet is beautiful. The paint, everything's great. Uh, And so Thursday I put the dresser in and then I was all excited. I'm like, I made a list. I actually made a list of things. Uh, Monday I was going to go and I had to get the the framed paintings. And then I was going to auction to do the the closet switcheroo. And then I had, there was a group of group of shelves where I keep all of my fucking shampoo and, you know, the deodorant, all that shit. It's like these shelves that I have where it's. Uh, toiletries, but then also there's the, the linen, whatever the fuck, you don't care what I have. Here's how my closet layout works. I'm going to sketch it and put it online. Um, but I, I, I was going to clean all that out and throw away all cause, By the way, remember I told you I bought a feather duster. I finally cleaned out this one thing. There were five feather dusters. They were just all the way toward the back of the fucking cabinet, <laughs> but they were fucking filthy dude. Cause they, cause they haven't, look, I haven't used them since 2000, since Karen bailed since 2013. Um, which just makes me sad, actually. You know, when I like when I said, you know how me, I think things are alive. So then when I open that cabinet, and every day, you know, every day I open that cabinet because I got to get my deodorant out of there or whatever, fucking aftershave. And, uh, but the shelf right above where all my toiletries are, that's where all the cleaning supplies lived. And I would use the glass cleaner because it was in front. And there was this toilet stuff I would use, this Clorox bleach stuff I would use that. And there was Febreze, which I would use. But then everything beyond that was a goddamn mystery zone. Like I had no idea. And I just think of the hope that all of those feather dusters had whenever I would open that cabinet like fucking four times a day I would open it up to get whatever the fuck out of it and they would just be like is now is now the time papa 
and uh, and no, then I would close the door, and they would just sit there and rot. And they and and there, there was shit in there, like there were tea candles. Like I found all sorts of stuff. Like my my ex man, she would collect all sorts of banana shit. There was a fucking although this is pretty cool. You know what I found? <laughs> this is so cool. Uh, I found f- scary light bulbs. <laughs> They're like stained glass window light bulbs, but it's Halloween, man. So I was like, fuck this. I immediately went out and put one into the, the light outside my apartment. I'm hoping Lou the racist bartender doesn't say anything because I want to have a spooky corner to my building. Um, but I, I kept, I found two of those spooky ones. I found a spooky purple one. I found a bunch of other light bulbs. I put those on another shelf. But then uh, there was something that looked like it might have been made of plastic at one point or it was it was a balloon like it's latex but now you can crumble it like it was flaking oh it was a mess i just started so i then i so i got but i did get use out of one of those old feather dusters because i used that to dust off that whole shelf before i threw it cruelly into the trash i gave it one more task before i tossed it but i made sure all the feather dusters were together i lumped them together and i put them in the same bag so they were all friends as they went off to the dump or whatever the fuck um because that's got to be fucking, that's a shock to the system for them. They've been living in that cabinet for four fucking years. I've never done anything. And all of a sudden I start pulling things out and they're just like, oh my God, finally, we're going to get used. But they just get thrown directly into the trash and they're like, no. So I had to make sure they stayed together so they could go through that themselves. It's like, you know, in, at fucking in Auschwitz. I mean, you, you couldn't break up families. You got to put them all on the same train. Um, now look, granted, they're not going anywhere good. I, I say the same thing for my feather dusters and I will absolutely compare my feather dusters in the garbage to the, with the, the plight of the prisoners of Auschwitz. Why not? Why not do that? Cause we're all together. We're all friends. You know what I'm trying to do here? I think this is an apt analogy. You think they had feather dusters at Auschwitz? That must have been, that was, they, you guys were on cleanup Dale. Like, did they have, like, they probably didn't. They probably didn't just have, like, a chore list on the sh- on the fridge that those guys get to look at every day. It's like, all right, you guys get the bathroom today. You got a vacuum. And uh, I, I should probably stop joking about this. All right, so. Um, ooh, even the monks cringed at that one as they sit silently in a row and stare at me. Um, so, so my apartment almost done. I clean it out. I get all that squared away. I get those, the, the pictures. I haven't hung them yet. That's the last thing on the agenda. But then, uh. I, uh, I, I noticed something over the weekend. I drove a ton over the weekend. You know, when I drive, I take six liters of water with me. I throw them in my cooler and I, I book. Well, Friday, I got six liters of water out. Everything was fine. Saturday, I got the liters of water out. And I was like, you know, these don't seem very cold. This seems strange. And I should also mention this. On Thursday, after I posted the show, my refrigerator made a noise akin to a German shepherd being shot. Uh, it, it was just kind of this high-pitched, but it was a mournful. Like, like uh, let, let's put it this way. Like the German shepherd had been shot by a by, by a small pellet gun. All right, he wasn't he wasn't shot by a bullet because then he's just like he explodes and he's like I I I freaks out. But in, actually, all right, so he wasn't shot. It was more like a uh, what's that fable where the lion gets a thorn in his paw and then he's all sad and then a mouse pulls it out or whatever the fuck and then he bites him. I don't even know. I think that's the end. But he's uh, it's like Andro- Androcles and the lion, right? Isn't that it? It's Androcles and the lion, and the lion's got a, f- a fucking thing in his paw, and everybody's trying to figure out different ways to do it. And then the one dude just shows up and goes, "Why don't you just bang?" And he pulls it out, and then the lion is like, "You're the best," and they become friends forever. Uh, I, I, that's two alternate endings I've given to the same thing. One of me bites a mouse, the other one he's friends with a guy. I pick which one you like, or you, you could bite the guy and be friends with the mouse. Whatever you guys want to do. Hey, look, fucking take this up with Aesop, all right? I didn't write the fucking thing. So uh, sure enough. Uh, my fridge just, it, it sounded like a, like a dog had stepped on, on a, in a thorn patch or something. Cause it was just kind of like, Arr! and it kept going and I waited and I, and I look, you've heard the fridge on the show before. Cause I've had the fridge going or whatever. And I've, and I've often said, I'm like, well, you guys can hear the fridge in the background or the ceiling fan or whatever. Um, 
but this, I, so I'm attuned to the noises my fridge makes. And also, I've owned this fridge for 21 years, so I'm I'm well acquainted with what it does and when. And it made that noise, and uh, and I was like, ooh. I even on Thursday night went. That's not a noise I've heard before. And I was like, well, I think we're okay. And everything was fine Friday, and then Saturday, like I said, ah, oh, this water doesn't seem so cold. Well, that's uh, well, I mean, it's still cold, and that's fine. Uh, and then Sunday, I I went in, and the water and the 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 water really wasn't cold. It was like. It was cold, but again, not ice cold because I, whatever, I was able to pull it out. So then I looked at the dials and I was like, all right, what's going on here? Because I also had my cleaning ladies in on Thursday and I thought maybe they bumped the dials and turned the fridge all the way down. But no, the fridge was all the way up to seven and the freezer was only on four. But then I went into the freezer and uh, I had ice that was still ice, but then I had my packets of acai for my smoothies and those were uh, squishy, like they were almost liquid. And then I had saved these old bananas to use in fucking smoothies. And those were almost liquidated too. And I'm like, Oh dude, what the fuck? And then by Monday, forget it. The whole fucking thing was a, a collapse. So now I dude, I got to buy a refrigerator, a refrigerator. I got to buy a fridge. I, I'm a cash only operation. Do you know how much a fucking refrigerator costs? And then the worst part is like, Pat's like, dude, I'm sorry about that. And he, he starts sending me like cheap fridges from Best Buy. And I mean, look, I, there, I had just felt good about where I was. I was making some money. I was stockpiling some cash. I did that. I just sent the IRS fucking $700. I was like, all right, we send them that chunk. And then I was going to send another chunk on Monday to another guy. And uh, not another guy, another organization, probably the IRS. It seems weird that I would just hide, I'd hide that to another guy. I'm very shady dealings. I got to send a guy $700. Um, the point is I was going to make payments. And I was excited because, again, my apartment was done. And I could now start really in earnest paying off some stuff and, uh, and the fridge eats it. And again, like I said, I've had this fridge for 21 years. I've had it since the day I moved in, in California or not even the day, the, the week, because we had to go find one and then we had it delivered and fucking installed. And so I'm very lucky. I mean, I don't think anybody gets 21 years out of, out of fucking anything. I mean, Christ, my marriage lasted 20. So fuck. I mean, that, that literally that fridge, I had a longer relationship with that fridge than I did with my wife. Uh, but both just as cold. It's <laughs> a lie, because uh, actually, with kids, it was the, actually they both worked in reverse. <laughs> you know, for t- for twenty years, Karen and I were warm, and then it got cold for the last fucking few days, and then flip it around. That's how your fridge works. Hey, hey cold for twenty, <laughs> warm. Uh, however, in both cases, there was squishiness up top. I don't know what that meant at all. It just seemed weird. Uh, so sure enough, I got to buy. A fr- so I got to buy a fucking fridge, dudes. I got to buy a fucking fridge, and then so then I text fearful, and I'm like, dude. I mean, I don't even know if I can come, man. I, I, cause I'm coming here for fucking four days, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, coming on Friday. So three days, but in that three days I could drive and probably make the price of the fridge. And, uh, and, and, and I have, look, I got, I stockpiled a little cash, but it was going to go for, I, it's earmarked for other stuff, man. So buying a fucking fridge, just, it was a non-starter, but at the same time, you got to buy a fridge. Like I got rid of cable. All right, I haven't had TV since fucking July. And I'm starting to go, well, you know what? I Maybe I don't even get new cable. Maybe I don't have to sign up for anything because I can watch all my sports on the on fucking line and that's fine. Uh, I miss Food Network, but I mean, so fucking what? Everybody misses fucking Food Network. And I'll get Netflix eventually when I get all my TV squared away. I can get that. If I get Netflix and sports, I'm, I should be okay. Um, so you can make that conscious decision, but you can't go, well, I, I don't know. Maybe I'll just keep buying bags of ice and putting them in the sink. I mean, you, you can't fucking do that because I'm also planning on buying food and vegetables and cooking for myself. I want to live like a goddamn adult. And it's really hard to live like an adult without a fucking major appliance. So I, I, I have to get a fridge. But then, like I said, you feel on top of it. I'm feeling like, yeah, you know what? I'm doing good. I'm making great progress. These things are fine. And then a fridge, you go look at the prices of fridges. Holy fuck, man. Like I went to Best Buy. Well, I first went to Amazon and Best Buy. Uh, we're about the same, but like fridges were $1,500, like $1,800. And I'm like, dude, I can't, I can't swing that. I can't like, that would be a thing I'd have to, 
like a friend of mine bought it on a credit card and then I paid them back. You know, that kind of bullshit. It's just, I'm a cash only operation. It just doesn't work. Uh, so I looked at the prices and, and, and so then, like I said, Pat is like, dude, you can go to Best Buy. They'll actually deliver you a fridge and pick up your old fridge and recycle it. Like it's, it's an instant thing. And I said, really? Then he starts sending me pictures of fridges and they're all like, they're like $200 fridges, like $250 fridges. And they just, they, I, I can't, I, I can't, I can't. I, I know it's just about keeping shit cold right now, but just putting that level of cheapness in my house. And because again, if you buy a $250 fridge, you're going to be buying the $1,500 fridge or whatever the fuck in, in a month because the $200 fridge, that's not going to fucking work and it's not going to keep everything cold. And, and I certainly, it's not going to be able to let me put my fucking chore list for all the people from Auschwitz on there so they can check what they got to do. There's no room on the door for that, man. Um, and that's what this was. It's an Auschwitz fridge. I mean, it's just fucking, it just looks all gray and striped. That seems weird. It wasn't striped, but it was bad. Um, but he's sending me these pictures. And also there's something about, and I, and look, I recognize Pat knows my situation. You guys too. Everybody does. But, but there's something to when your friend immediately starts sending you bottom of the barrel choices that hurts you deep. It hurts you fucking deep because he knows, Hey, you poor son of a bitch. Here's these shitty fridges you could possibly afford. Oh man. What a wound. God damn it. Um, but I know what he meant. He was trying to help and good for him. And then my trainer, John just wrote me a couple days ago and he's like, Hey, uh, cause John is now, he's not only my trainer, but now he's managing a building and he goes, Hey, we just had somebody move out and they left a fridge. It's not great, but it's free. And, uh, and I wrote, and I literally wrote him and I'm like, Hmm, I, I go, honestly, I think I'm going to buy a fridge. I, I said, I just, and, and then part of me in my brain go, dude, we'll just, if it's free, get a fucking a, a standby fridge, just do that. And so I wrote, and then I had to write him back again. I go, but I'm, I'm interested, you know, if you take a look at it and tell me what you think, I'll be in town in, uh, in a couple of days. Oh, I, and just even having to do that is just so fucking grim. Just having to even think about, cause then also, I mean, I don't know these people. It's bad enough I'm using Jack's dresser. He could have hidden there and jerked off. I don't know what these fucking people kept in their fridge. What if it's Dahmer's fridge? I don't want Dahmer's fridge in my fucking house. Just fucking heads and old duck gumbo in the freezer. Fuck all that, man. That's going to be terrible. I don't, and I don't know what's worse. I don't know what's worse. Heads of Vietnamese guys or old duck gumbo from a fucking year and a half. By the, by the way, you know who owned that fridge? Old duck gumbo. Oh, I'll tell you that fella. He's not a guy I trust. I don't trust him. He, I, he's good to think of me, but I'll tell you what, you don't want to get it. Nobody wants an appliance from old Tuck Gumbo. Uh, he's got to own an appliance. If, if, look, listen to me. If you live in the South and you don't open an appliance store right now called Old Duck, Duck Gumbos, I'm going to be furious at you for the rest of our lives. Who do I know? We know people in Florida. we got listeners down there. Jack Maxwell, you still listen to this show? Fucking, uh, uh, and, uh, I was going to say his daughter's name. That's fucking rude. She's young. She doesn't want her name said on here. Um, all right, Jack. Yeah. you you have to open up old duck combos. <laughs> that's, the, that's your fucking, your, your homework for the next goddamn month, week. I don't know. It's weird. I'm drinking water with ice. Hear it. And I never do that. I usually just drink straight water. And then I'm recording and I get, I get these little pellets of fucking ice in my mouth. And then you hear them. I'm worried about mouth noises. And then you got me crunching ice in your fucking ear. Like a guy who's trying not to stay horny. I mean, what the fuck? Um, or a guy trying to lose weight. That was a way. Cause I, I was telling somebody about that. Cause they were like, uh, how do you, you know, I have, someone was like, I have an oral fixation. I'm like, you should chew ice. Cause that's a work for me. Cause I mean, I have a, I totally have an oral fixation. Um, let's talk about that. <laughs> like you don't even know that I'm fucking all mouth. I've talked about it every goddamn show. Um, so now I got to buy a fucking fridge. And then I was going to fucking, I was going to postpone Jesuit. And he wrote me, and he's very nice. Cause again, I, this dude, I mean, I'm sitting here, I'm, I'm four feet from the guy telling him his house is a fucking sty. I mean, he hasn't punched me yet. So we're okay. He knows I'm kidding and that's fine. But, um, 
but at the same time, you know, he, uh, I, I, I reached out to him and he, I always think, you know, me, I think everyone's going to be mad at me. I think people are going to be upset at me. They're going to be angry at me. They're furious at me. Like I, 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 I'm an imposition. I know that sounds, it sounds silly and foolish, but it's just, it's what runs through my head. And look, if I think about it for 10 seconds, I realize that's not the case. But at the same time, I invited myself up here essentially, you know, because there was a sale at Southwest and I, I wrote fearless and I go, Hey, uh, fearful. And I said, Hey man, um, what if, what if there was, you know, you round in October, like I can come up for a couple of days. I, mean, I invited myself. Clearly I invited myself. Um, and he had told me before, if you got a clear calendar, contact me, but it doesn't matter. That's still bad to me that I, I would call up and say, Hey, I'm coming to your house and staying there. And then when I'm there, you better have it clean. And it's been pretty all of my specifications. What a fucking idiot. I am a terrible guy. I am a fucking people out of the goodness of their heart, invite me into their place. And then I'm just like, Hey, wouldn't this look better over here? And wouldn't you maybe want to buy a fucking Swiffer? And everybody's like, oh, I'm glad I invited you up here. You fucking dick bag. Um, it's, it's just not a, it's whatever I'm not. And, and now he's going to cook for me in that kitchen tomorrow. I can't even imagine the tomain I'm going to get. All right. Uh, he's making ramen. He's making homemade ramen. So again, like I said, I look forward to having that in, in, in baseball season, 2020, when I come up here for a giants game, uh, I'll eat it tomorrow. And he, Oh, he, get this. He holds up a bag. When I walk in the door, he goes, what's this? You know what this is? And I'm like, I don't, I got no clue. And he goes, yeah, this is, uh, these are hard boiled eggs that I'm brining in a teriyaki sauce. This is for dinner in three days. And I'm just like, it just looks like a bag of shit. I don't, I don't, why are you showing me? I don't want to know that you're brining eggs. That just, just those phrases shouldn't be together. It's like when you go, whenever you go to a bar, I mean, when I was, you know, when Jill and I were together, I'd be going to fucking bars in Wisconsin and they had pickled eggs in the jar. And I was just like, oh, I like, like if someone served me a pickled egg on a nice plate and chopped it up or whatever, I, th- I would probably, I would definitely try it. I might even eat it. But if you show me a, a, a barrel of pickled eggs, I don't, that's fucking disgusting. That sounds like the worst Halloween I've ever heard of in my life. And so when I walk in and he's got a, he's got a baggie with, with eggs and, and black liquid, he's like, oh, this is going to be dinner in a couple of days. I'm like, wow, I wonder if I can change my flight because that sounds atrocious. Um, cause when I have ramen, like when I go to the ramen joints, I don't, I don't get the egg. Like, I mean, I just, I always get ramen with fucking, uh, you know, I get extra noodles. Here's how I handle my business, folks. And I go, you want to know how I order soup? I, of course you do. I get ramen and I get a side of extra noodles and, uh, and I get, uh, I get the, inf- and, uh, the fuck's the word, not influenced fucking in, in infused. Yeah. But there's a, the way they, they call it it's something different when you get the pork fat in the broth. Uh, yeah. But, but there's a, but there's a phrase for it when you, you can fortified. There you go. Or yeah, when you fortify the broth with the pork fat, I mean, that, that's just, dude, forget it. Oh, God damn. Is that great? Uh, you know, I, I will tell you, you taste it. It's delicious and all that. And, uh, but, 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 you know, what? I'll tell you what brined eggs in a black liquid. That's what my bath towel smelled like today when I got out of the shower. Holy fuck. I think he's, I think he's brining them in my bath towel. That could be it. Um, so I, so I, mean, I came up, I, I, I wrote him and I said, I was going to come up here and he even wrote like, he was very nice, but he also goes, Hey, look, I don't know if three days is going to change your entire financial future. Um, which is spoken like a guy who owns a house. I'm not going to lie to you. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm, I'm literally walking along the edge of a razor blade every moment where, I mean, I, I'm, everything's fine. And then my fridge goes out and then I'm, I live in a, on the street with me. I'm, I'm sleeping over at old duck gumbos. You know what I mean? It's just fucking terrible. So that's, that's the thing. It's I, I'm, I'm still a coin flip, even though I'm, I'm really happy with the way things are going. And I, I, my apartment is great. I've got cool stuff and everything, but we're all, you're all just a bad fucking month away. You're all a bad month away from a tent out of, on cement. I mean, I, I drive around like I, we drove home last night. I'll, I'll get to what we did in a second, but we're in the fucking Uber last night. 
and uh, and fearful is in a very in-depth conversation with a woman driving the car who would not to this day has not breathed. Um, I, I to the point where like she's talking and fearful texts me and he's like she's just not going to stop talking at all is she? And I like I just checked it back not for one second. Like I told you, I, I pick people up, I give them rides, and I'm a nice guy, and I, I'll give them the speech in the beginning about the... And the, the funny thing is how people squash that because they think that means I'm talkative. I'm not fucking talkative. I'm just telling you, if you want the air on, that's great. If you want to change the music, that's fine. And then I'm going to shut the fuck up unless you want to talk. But I can't tell you how many times people get in the car and I go, hey, how you doing? I have the heat on. If you, or if you want the air on or the windows open or whatever, and they go, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. I go, okay, and the music, and I, it's fine, it's fine. Like they, they just shut me down immediately, and I'm just like... Great. I look, I didn't want to fucking talk to you. I couldn't, you couldn't be less interesting to me. I'm just trying to be a nice guy. But then you get into the car last night and this woman literally, it, it was, she, she was Peter Falk and princess bride. She just opens a fucking storybook and, and just, and just goes off. She's like, well, uh, the couple was torn asunder. And we're just like, we're just going a mile. We're just, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like, you can't take that bridge. And she's like, oh, okay. She almost backed up on the freeway. She like she was going onto the freeway and then she's like, oh no wait, I gotta go over here. And he's like, you can't take that, you can't take it, it's closed. And so then she almost backed up and it just what a mess, what a fucking mess. People are awful. We've we've been in like twelve Ubers here. I'll tell you about them in a second. Oh, oh fuck, I'll, you know what? I'll tell you about the Uber I took because I flew up here. I finally decided I was gonna fly up, and he was very nice. Like he said, three days isn't gonna change your financial future. And I just went, um, that's literally exactly what happened this week. Not kidding. My apartment was fine, and then my fridge made a noise on Thursday night. And then by Monday morning, I knew I needed a new fridge. So guess what? My financial future changed in three fucking days. Literally the thing you said wouldn't happen. Uh, so, cause again, when you, it's, and he's got, he's got a fantastic job. He's got a hit podcast. He's got a giant house. He's got a loving family. So he doesn't, it's just a different. And again, I'm not saying he's insensitive to it because he was young too. He just doesn't realize that I'm living the life he lived in college and I'm still living it now as I chase a fucking dream or whatever the fuck I'm doing these days. Um, but I, I mean, I, it happens sometimes with my friends even, you know what I mean? Cause they have houses or they have, they have safety nets in place. Like I, I my friend asked me about my IRA, my IRA once <laughs> I was just like, I look, I'm just one man. I can't have an army. And, uh, and he's just like, what? And I go, dude, I literally, I, I would, I would have more chance of assembling an Irish Republic army for myself than having an IRA in the bank. I got no fucking shot. And, uh, and, and it's because their lives are different. They're like, you know, I have, I have my buddy Dennis, he goes to fucking Italy for a month, a year and bike and rides his bike and sees his family. And, and that's fantastic. But you know why he can do that? Cause he broke his fucking ass his entire life to be able to do that. Um, I'm, I'm sitting here tiptoeing through cat food to take a free shower. So, I mean, I, I don't know what the fuck. I can't compare myself to these guys. I, I literally, I'm anticipating coming home to free on death. I don't know what's going on in my apartment right now. I left it. I left it plugged in. I left it sitting there. I don't, it could be, it could have exploded. I, I keep checking the news to see if somehow there was some fucking explosion from a gas leak or a Freon leak in my fucking apartment complex because I just left it there. I was like, all right, well, hopefully something will, maybe it'll fix itself while I'm gone. <laughs> Maybe because again, what I what are the fucking gnomes who came in and fixed the shoes for the guy? Maybe they're fucking they moved them to major appliances now. Maybe they come in and fucking help me out. They fucking tiptoe up uh, if they can get through all the cat food in your joint, and then they fucking go ahead and they fix my goddamn uh, fridge. Maybe that'll happen. Ah, I hope so. It's like the old. Remember the old days when you could punch a TV and it worked. <laughs> that was fucking awesome. I should just fucking work over my fridge like a heavy bag. You fuck. You fuck. 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 And just start elbowing the shit out of it. And eventually be like, all right, man, stuff's cold again. Back the fuck off knock some sense into you you fucking maytag fuck <laughs> all right so idiot um 
So I so I came. I I flew here. I, I took a flight. You know, and it was you know I flew out of Burbank, so it was super easy. That was another thing too. So if I was flying out of LAX, I really I probably would have thought even longer and harder about making this trip. But flying out of Burbank, man, it's a fucking you know it's six miles from my house. Um, I flew. You know, I got there, checked in, everything was fine. I slept an hour on the plane. I got here, and I flew into Oakland this time. He lives in the Bay Area, but he lives. It's nebulous. Like it's close to San Francisco, but it's also close to Oakland. But it was cheaper for me to fly into Oakland. See, I'm trying not to tell them where the compound is. I hope you don't mind. All right. But uh, it's it, it's lurking. It's around here somewhere. It's around here somewhere. Just look for the bald guy and all the people wearing Nikes. Uh, it's fantastic. Just, you know, it followed the trail of cat, fed, cat food and Kool-Aid. And you'll totally find the compound. Oh, cat food and Kool-Aid. That's, that's got to be the, that. There you go. All right. So, um. I, I, I flew in to Oakland and I'm, dude, that's a badass airport. It's like really nice, but it's also small. It's like Burbank. It's the, you know, Oakland's the Burbank of, of San Francisco. That's what I'm going to say. Uh, except for the fact it's rampant with crime. <laughs> and, and as we drove last night, we, we drove, I saw, I mean, I looked out the window because again, fearful and this woman were having a very meaningful conversation about <laughs> jazz. Think about that. Think about, think about ever look, think about, I wouldn't talk jazz. If John Coltrane got in my car, we're not having that discussion ever. I don't give a fuck if the ghost of Miles Davis showed up. Yeah, I can't. I got nothing for you, Miles. You want to talk about heroin? I get, I'd rather talk about that. Let's talk about heroin rather than eighth notes and you with a fucking shiny ass horn. Let's talk about that haircut. Whatever the fuck. God damn. But this woman wanted to talk about jazz and her CD and... <laughs> And and the best part is fearful is just he's just a nice person so like I, and maybe that's the thing is I'm I I for a guy who never lived in New York I got a fuck ton of New York in me man because I'm just like hey lady shut up shut the fuck up you and your jazzy CD and your orange in the fucking console that you can eat later as a snack I mean nobody fucking cares about you and your life and your twenty grandkids and whatever the fuck else is going on and she again she was lovely this is my problem she was a nice woman. But I mean, we had just come out of a fucking show and my ears are kind of ringing and I wanted to talk about that a little bit because I had just discovered a band that I think I really like. And uh, and we wind up in the car and and it's 41 minutes of talking about parking placement. Well, I didn't even see your light. And then this app and we got to form a union and we got to do. Oh, my. She's one of those people, too. That's the thing. It's like whenever I like Uber's a side hustle. Don't don't ever look at it anything more than its surface. It's literally the skin on the gravy. The gravy's all underneath, whatever the fuck. But Uber's just the top. That's the skin, man. Don't job would be the gravy. You want to dive into that? Go get one. But otherwise, you're just eating the skin off the top, man. Don't fucking pretend that you're going to unionize or Uber needs to do something different. Because I'll tell you what, I had an epiphany. We're, we're taking a bunch of Ubers here this weekend. I drive for the company. All right. And I told you, I don't know. I don't think of it as a job job. I mean, it's just a way for me to make money and do whatever I can to stay afloat. And it's just out there. And, and I bitch and I talk about guys throwing up on me and people throwing up in my fucking car and having sex and coke. And I, I fought people. I mean, all sorts of it's invited a lot of chaos into my life that I don't need. But at the same fucking time, it's a fucking lifesaver. The fact that I can get out of my house anytime I want and go make $150 if I stay in the car, that's fucking incredible. Like, I mean, I, I, I hear people like I, I'm on this comedy website at Facebook. It has a comedy page and these people offer like kind of piecemeal gigs. I told you I got a gig off of there where I, I was, I worked security for a Halloween movie marathon two years ago and, uh, and I made a hundred bucks for the night, you know, and all I did was literally, I sat there, I fucking ate, ate goldfish crackers and watched scary movies with a room full of hipsters who were worried a homeless man might wander in at some point and ask for a quarter. Like I, that's, that was the extent of it. We were in the back of the meltdown and, uh, and I just, I just policed the door. If anybody came in, they didn't know. I'd say, Hey, who are you? And I'd, I'd chase them the fuck out. It was just, they hired, I was muscle. 
because they didn't want to deal with it. They were all in their jammies, not even joking, jammies and fucking sleeping bags. It was a 24-hour movie marathon, and I went there for the final 12 hours and fucking hung out, watched Candyman, watched fucking all these scary movies, and uh, and it was and so that was a gig I got off that Facebook thing. It's just these piecemeal things. Like anybody with a truck want to help me move a mattress, or anybody from an improv group want to join my game show and talk about why you and your girlfriend didn't get along? All this bullshit, whatever the fuck. So uh, I, I see these people getting offered gig today. There was a gig offered, and it's it was a. Uh, it was an immersive talent needed for a live performance, whatever the, you know, like those fucking escape rooms and shit like that. They're always looking for people to be hosts. So these, this woman is like, all right, it's, there's rehearsal on the 26th, rehearsal on the 27th from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. And then there's shows on the 29th, 30th, 31st, 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. And the shows are from 7 to midnight. $300 for the run. That's, uh, that's less than $7 an hour. If you do the two four hour rehearsals, you do the fucking the six five hour. That's thirty five hours at 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 three hundred bucks. It's it's like nine bucks an hour. It's it's less than minimum wage, and and people these actors are like I'm in, I can do it. Da, da, da. And I and I see that and I think man, that's I can make more than that in a night. And I have and I, I last Saturday I made you know I I was out there and combined the the fact that I hustled and drove, I made a bonus and someone threw up in my car. I was able to make four hundred dollars on last Saturday night. It was great. Part of it was fucking gruesome and terrible and awful, and I learned about what osium is, so I was able to go ahead and grab that. But uh, but but I I made money. So I and I, when I think about Uber too, when I think about the fact that someone came along, I, I, I just because again we've driven we've taken like six Ubers while I've been in town, and a different driver every time. We had a shitty fucking driver tonight. A guy was bad. The woman last night who wouldn't shut up. We had the first day we had this old this guy who didn't understand English very well. He was he, I think he was Latino. To the point where I, <laughs> I said something about ninety nine. I, I said the number ninety nine. I'll tell you. I'll explain why in a second. And the guy immediately, he turned the radio up, and I made a joke. I go, "This guy's tired of us fucking talking. Like he doesn't want to hear my voice anymore." But he then he turned the station over to ninety nine point one, because he thought that we were we were demanding a new radio station. He was just this older man who was gentle and wanted to help us. Uh, and so I, but but in seeing him, and seeing this woman who wouldn't shut up last night, and then this guy today, and and. Uh, and you think about the fact that Uber came along and it was, you know, again, Travis Kalanick, whoever the fuck, it's a bunch of douche bros and they were in their fucking dorm room, just like the Facebook idiots, just like those guys. And someone went, hey, what if we made the entire world our taxi service? That's, that's all they did. They, and, and they didn't settle. They could have said, what if we got a bunch of like three cars in San Francisco and we just started charging to drive people around or whatever the fuck? They could have done that. But they thought globally and now they're a worldwide fucking company. And it's a pyramid scheme. They've taken a pyramid scheme public to where they keep the, the, the general public is their labor and they've convinced the general public to hire other friends to compete with themselves. I mean, it's, it's insane. They tell me to refer drivers. So I, I refer those three drivers and then they all take those rides from me. It makes my job harder, yet I'm going to get a spiff for it. So I'm like, yay, who wants to? I'm the Uber pimp. But then you guys wind up driving and if you're in my town, that's that's 30 rides I didn't get. And it's it's... It's brilliant. It's like Machiavellian almost in its in its supervillain thinking. What if we made all of the rabble do our work and we just sat in a room and came up with an app and it worked. It fucking worked. And they're global and they're billionaires. It's insane. It's I, I even it's funny. They always one of the things that Uber, they always say is like respect the hustle. They res- oh, I respect the hustle of the driver. You know, the driver's out there. He's hustling. He's making money. Hey, I respect the hustle of four idiots who came up with an idea to make the entire world their fucking employee. And it worked. And, and, and all, and 
I've said this before, like small-minded people bitch. And so I hate when I bitch. I mean, I don't mind bitching about unclean houses and shit like that. But I mean, <laughs> what I mean is like when I'm bitching, if I bitch about my job, if you, if you heard me bitching about Uber in a way where I was like, well, you know, this stupid thing and these fucking people and da, da, da. Hey man, I bitch about circumstances that occur while I'm doing Uber, but it doesn't mean that I hate doing Uber. I, I consider it, like I said, last week I made 1200 bucks. If I don't make that, I'm not buying a fucking fridge when I get home. I mean, it's just like I've been able to, I broke my ass. I worked fucking hard the last two weeks to make a, a big number. Uh, who's that fucking Mario? A uh, big number. Um, fucking all of a sudden I turned Italian on you, but, uh, but I, but at the same fucking time, I respect the fact that these guys came up with this idea and, and I'm, I can like right now, literally I'm in California. I could walk outside and drive people around. I could take uh, fear, fearful's car and drive people around. Uh, I could, if fucking fearful owned a goddamn car, Apparently monks just fly. He has a broom. He just fucking flies. He has no fucking car. And he, he Ubers. Dude, he Ubers to work. Like today he came home and he's like, hey, man, I think we might take the bus. And uh, and I looked at him and, and I just went, all right. And he goes, wow, I thought you'd be a little more upset about that. And I go, I'm, I fucking hate it. But what do you want me to do? I mean, I'm, in, I'm a guest in your house. What am I going to say? Fuck you. I'm not taking the bus. That's ridiculous. Uh, I'm staying in your house for free. So, if, I mean, if you said, hey, I've got a burrow outside. Let's saddle the fuck up. Well, guess what? It's me and you and the burrow and Sister Sarah. And we're taking a ride to fucking town. Dude. So, I, I can't bitch. I mean, I, I so, but what I'm saying is like driver's bitch like this woman last night she's just like you know this app i tell you what they tell me to go the wrong way all the time and they're, they're making me go this way and you know and and we're in the car last night we're it's a pool ride and uh it tells her to go a certain way she's like i don't know why it's making me go this way and fearful just goes i think you're picking somebody else up and she goes oh oh I, you know what i wonder why it did that earlier it looked like it was making me do that and then i did i just didn't take that turn and so i guess i didn't pick that person up and they canceled and i'm like and and it's so funny it, i had to put it in the framework of i you know I do this gig. The phone's right in front of me. I see when it changes the screen. I see when it tells me to pick someone up. Rarely, I'll go, why are we going here? Oh, okay. And I'll just immediately remember why. She was genuinely puzzled because as she spoke to us about her 41-year-old grandson and his eight great-grandchildren, and I will, by the way, she's given us numbers, like fucking, she's got four kids. They're in their 40s. She's got grandkids that are graduating high school. She looked younger than me. I, I don't know. This woman... And granted, she was in, she was in, you know, she had a, she had a job, thing going on. She's kind of a big, heavy woman. So as we've talked about, you know, fat people look like infants. So maybe that's what it was kind of, uh, combined with a black don't crack type of thing. But I mean, she just, it was just, uh, I, I was, I was astonished when she started dropping these numbers on us. She's like, yeah, I've got a 45 year old grandson. I'm like, whoa, hold on a second. Hattie McDaniel. Jesus. Fuck. Are you kidding me? Uh, but yeah, but I mean, and again, like I said, lovely woman, terrific, but also that we got to get a union and this, this app is always wrong and it makes us go the wrong way. And I'm like, you just told us you, you purposely didn't take a turn because the app told you to, and you realized that you were going to pick up another person. So don't tell me that the app screwed you up. Uh, but boy, she wouldn't stop talking. So uh, the, the whole point of this fucking thing is we're driving. I'm in the, I'm in the, uh, the, uh, the back seat and he's talking with her. I look out my right hand window and there's, uh, I see it like a camper, like a Winnebago. And we get those in LA. Like, uh, you know, there's streets in Venice that'll have like four or five of them parked there. People live in them, you know? And, and so I saw that and I was like, oh, that's, you know, that's just one, but it was in a fenced in lot. And then I saw a couple more Winnebago's and I was like, oh, maybe that's a Winnebago fucking sales place, but those look like old Winnebago's. And then as we kept driving, I realized this was, this was like a fucking homeless people prison camp. 
because there were tents and there were people walking around with flashlights and cook. They, they had an open fire. They were cooking. They were they were all like Winnebago's and campers and tents. And it, it was a tent city. Like, I mean, I, we have tent cities in LA, but nothing within a fenced enclave where you, you have to gain entry. I mean, the, the, the homeless have basically just overrun Los Angeles in certain areas. Like I said, on Venice, they just set up tents at night. They set up tents on Melrose Boulevard in, in a fucking doorway of a business. I mean, it, it's, it's getting terrible, but seeing this last night, I'm like, Oh fuck. They, Maybe it's cool that the city maybe provided the space for all of them so they're safe and they can all stay in their little enclave. But at the same time, I looked and it was fucking crazy depressing. It was because I'm used to seeing them spread out. I'll see two tents, three tents until you get to downtown LA. And then, like I said, it's Calcutta. But this fucking thing, there had to be fucking 20 Winnebago's and a bunch of tents. Like I said, an open fire. They're cooking and shit. I'm just like, man, what a fucking mess. Uh, and so then of course that I come to you and I talk about driving and making money and trying to bitch cause I can't have a refrigerator. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, these guys are just fucking rolling in grime all goddamn night. These guys have a fucking uh, asphalt bed and I'm bitching about a fridge. So it puts things in perspective, but at the same time, get a fucking job, fellas. All right. Um, well, that seems aggressive because well, there's ladies there too. Get a fucking job, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I say it to all of you fucking people. So I get to town uh, and I'm in Oakland at the airport. I walk across and I had to call, I called an Uber for a ride from, from Oakland. And uh, I got, I got Raffaello and Raffaello seems like a, a wonderful man, whatever. He's coming to pick me up. And the thing about the Oakland airport is they have a designated space where you can be picked up. It's like Burbank, but unlike Burbank, Burbank is just kind of a wild West show because they've, everybody's just standing there. But in Oakland, it says there's two A through E two F through B. K to L through P, whatever you can stand in certain areas and the driver knows you're there. So it makes it easier for everybody. You can stay in your designated area and that's where you get picked up. Um, so I'm standing there. I'm at the very end. I'm in like uh, fucking W through Z or whatever. And, uh, he'll be there in five minutes. He'll be there in seven minutes, six minutes, whatever the fuck six, he'll be there in six minutes, six minutes, six minutes. Dougie fresh. You're on, uh, uh, on, uh, 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 on, I will never pass up the opportunity to do that for you. Uh, you will, uh, he will, however, never pass up the opportunity to fast forward it. I guarantee that. That's fine. <laughs> Excuse me, Dougie Fresh. Yes. Um, so, uh, so I'm waiting there for Raffaello to show up and I got his license plate. I know what kind of car he's driving. And then sure enough, I, I see him tool up. He dry, he drives up and I get, I'm at, I'm at two W through Z. I'm at the very end. And he, and there's nobody else. There's like four other people there. They're not, not in W through Z. There's a couple in the E, whatever the fuck. There's only five of us waiting. He pulls up and he, he goes to the second section, which is like E through H and he parks. And uh, I stand up and I hold my phone out and I wave at him and he's looking right at me. He sees me and he doesn't move. And I'm, I'm, I'm staring down at him like, and look, I've told you this. When I'm driving, there's nothing worse than a passenger who's like four feet away and won't get in the car. I've had it happen. Someone will literally be, I'll be at like 716 Alameda and they'll be at 714 Alameda and they'll walk down and and they'll wave the phone at me. And I'm like, you motherfucker, You, you can't walk eight steps. Fine. And then you pull up and you get them. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm probably 60 feet from this guy. You know, that's, that's what I'm going to say. I'm, I'm not even, I'm like 30 yards from the guy. I got to say, well, do the alphabet. He's at E and I'm at Z. I mean, fuck, that's how far away I am. I'm easily 21 letters away from this guy. Uh, and he, he just fucking, he won't move. 
So I kind of wave at him and he doesn't, again, he doesn't move. And I know he's looking at me. And like I said, normally I'll pull up sometimes if I check my phone or whatever, but I'm always keeping an eye out for the person. And so I, I saw he wasn't going to move. And I, I, you know what I did? I just, I fucking, I just went old West on this fucking guy. That's all I did. I just was like, (sighs) I grabbed my laptop bag. I, I moved in in the slowest of John Wayne motion. Like you never see that when they imitate John Wayne's walk, like that bow legged gait where he kinda walks back and forth. I was doing that if he was doing it now. If if somehow his reanimated corpse came to life, it, I was a zombie John Wayne because I, I moved with all of the urgency of one of the walking dead zombies getting away. I mean, it was like, because they don't fucking care unless they smell brains. They don't hustle. So uh, there were no brains in the midst, certainly not in Raffaello. So I fucking grabbed my bag. I throw it over my shoulder and I grabbed my wheel bag and I literally just like. I, I just, I sashayed. I, you know what I, that's what I did? I sashayed down to where he was. I wasn't even, I, it, was, it was kind of a strut along with the sashay. I might have thrown a plie in there. I have no fucking idea, but, but it was just like, man, fuck you, dude. Really? So I'm going to, I'll just, I'll, I literally, I walked. It, it, was the, it was the living embodiment of an exhale and an eye roll. That's what I did. That was the, that was the way I walked. Just like, uh, okay, we're doing this now, whatever the fuck. And it was, I just one step, one step. One, and, I, and he looked at me and he saw me approaching. And, uh, and then right, right when I got to the car, then he, then he gets out of the car and, uh, well, actually I went around to the trunk and the trunk wasn't even open. The trunk wasn't even open. I mean, it took me 14 minutes to walk from Z to E motherfucker pop the trunk. Uh, and then I go back and the trunk's not open. And then he gets out of the car and I go, dude, I got my bags. There's two of them. Just pop the trunk. And he's like, Oh, okay, sir. Okay. And, and he, and so I guess it's, I don't know if it was that he didn't carry. He was just fucking stupid. Like I couldn't figure it out. But then he pops the trunk. I put my bags in there, and I get in the car, and I get my earbuds on, and I just and I rode, I, you know, I rolled with Raffaello. I mean, I, I and I, I and I still tipped him. You know what I mean? I didn't give him a bad rating or any of that shit. But I mean, just but but still, what the fuck are you doing, man? You can't leave me hanging. And then I, that was ominous too, because I'm like, I'm now I'm in this town, and it's just what all slow motion cocksuckers. What the fuck? Fucking pick me up. I'm here. God damn it. I'm the talent, man. Uh, little did I know that Raffaello's vehicle, the cleanest structure I would be in the entire time I was in town. Literally, there was nothing. It was spotless compared to where I'm at now. Uh, I had a dresser full of spiders at my house. I got a fridge ready to explode. I'm in this fucking house with a cat food trail. Literally, literally, I, and to the point when I saw this cat food and this pile in the sink, I thought maybe, just maybe, his cat was the Richard Dreyfus of cats and was trying to make a devil's tower so we could go ahead and fucking... <laughs> catch a fucking ufo because it was a mess i'm like how the fuck is this all over the joint this fucking cat but then again he got him high last night so who the fuck knows he might have been so hungry he tore open the fucking bag i got no clue jesus i apologize i didn't mean to swallow into the microphone um so so then i get to you know fearful's house and he's not here and i i had only had a couple hours of sleep because i was busy with the closet switcheroo and everything else so i grabbed a couple hours uh when he was he was at work because he has a real fucking life. And, uh, and then he comes home and, uh, he was very, again, very nice. Love the guy. He shows me his eggs. Uh, he's like, Hey, I got a bag, I got a bag full of brine. Here we go. And, uh, he, he looks at me and he goes, Hey, look, uh, I have to tell you something. And I'm like, Oh man, I don't what? what does that mean? And he's just like, well, I know if I would have told you this when you were home, it might've influenced your decision. So I waited till you got here to tell you. And I should tell you, I had tried to come here like a month ago. And he was like, hey, my buddy's here. He's got the room all summer or whatever the fuck. Who was that guy? Uh, my parents are here. In the who fucking cares who they are? Some, somebody had your room. And I was like, or my room, I should say. And, uh, and so yeah, the monks were tending. The monks were molting. It was monk molting season. So there, I couldn't come by. Um, 
So then he uh, he gets it. He's like, I got to tell you this. And I'm like, oh, all right. And he just goes, so um, I have my daughter for the next couple days. And I, I, I look, I'm imposing enough. I've invited myself to his fucking house. I'm now I'm, and I'm like, am I taking her bed? He goes, no, she's got a room upstairs. And I'm like, I, why am I here if your daughter's here? I go, so, so you go do daughter stuff. Like, don't even fucking just ignore me. I can get, I'll record the show and whatever. And he's like, no, dude, fuck. That's why you're here. I'm going to be, I want to see you record the show. Uh, and we're going to hang out. I got plans. You know, like I said, I'm making a fucking bag of eggs. That's going to be fantastic. And we're going out to a show. I said, okay. I go, but this is fucking rude. And he goes, well, all right. You think that's bad. I'm going to tell you. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, no, don't give me any. You think that's bad. I don't want to, because you know, I think this is bad. He goes, well, you, I know you're going to think it's worse but I'm telling you right now, it's not a big deal. I said, what? He goes, um, it's her birthday tomorrow. And, and I, I can't imagine, like I told you when I was a kid, all right. And my mom would bang some guy and then he'd wander out in his fucking tidy whities in the fucking kitchen and look for a beer in the fridge while we were all just sitting there watching the monkeys and going, why the fuck is this guy in our house? Oh good. It's Mike Carnett, prison barber. Another episode of Mike Carnett, prison barber who fucked my mom. I'm glad he showed up. Hey, you kids got any bread? Yeah, yeah, we're going to tell you where the fucking bread is, Mike, you fuck. You walk out of here literally with mom stink on you. Just go back in the fucking room. Not excited. So I, so, so I, that's all I think of with this poor girl who's turning 12. She's 12, 12 year old girl. She's, you know, and also she's going through all sorts of complex emotions. She's going to see a hunk of man like me and not know what to handle and what to do about it. She's going to have a crush on me now for the next fucking 10 years. Once she deals with me, it's going to be so weird for her. And so now I'm like, dude, I well, I hope you're going to some birthday party where he goes, well, no, we're, you know, we're going to, we were going to cook dinner tomorrow. I was going to make the ramen tomorrow, but I think we're probably going to go to a pizza joint. And I'm like, no, no, no. Who's this? We, you keep bringing up. Cause I can tell you this, the best present you could ever get your daughter would be not letting me go anywhere with either of you because she wants to spend her birthday with you, her dad, not with me, you fuck. And he's like, no, no, it's going to be fine. It's going to be totally fine. I'm like, I don't. I, I, I look, I feel like enough of an imposition. You know what I mean? I come here and I'm, I'm fucking, and, and like, it's, it's different. Like I, I will, I've been to Ken's house now twice and Ken's different because Ken, Ken has kids too, but they don't, you know, they're not there when I'm there. And I wasn't like, when I, this is a different trip. You know, the first time I came here was me and you, we hung out the whole fucking time. We talked and had a great time. And so that's why I was comfortable coming back. But then I come back this time. And like I said, it's like, there's a kid and I got a fucking, and I got a, and, and then he's like, cause I was going to record the show yesterday. I, you know, right when I got to town and then he's like, well, I have to work. I won't be home until five. And I'm like, oh man, I have. And he's like, well, I could maybe take a half day. I can be home around like three or four. And I'm like, all right. I go, but then we got to drop dead time on the artwork by eight o'clock for Max. And, you know, I got to get it to him and he's got to get it, you know, and, uh, and so then by the time he got home, we had to go to a concert last night. So there's a drop dead time too, also to get out the door and go to the concert. And, and so then I'm, you know, like, you know, me, I, this, this, this show fucks with my head where I'm like, all right, I got to get it done, but I got to do it here, but I got to put it off, but then I got to make sure it's good. And I got to do all these different things. My fucking brain is spinning. So he's like, well, I, I said, he goes, well, let's do it now. And it was like, by that time it was like almost quarter to six or something like that or quarter to five. And I'm like, well, then I, I, then with an arbitrary deadline, it's all fucking weird on me. It's like wearing a, a, a heavy coat. I know it sounds stupid. <laughs> And he's like, well, all right, what do you want to do? And I go, he goes, let's do it now. And I go, no, I really, I want to do it tomorrow now. I, 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 and I talked to Max, I hammered it out, whatever. We figured out the artwork and I said, I'll, I'll do the show tomorrow. Cause this concert, it just, I, I don't want to fit it in this small fucking window before the concert. Cause who the fuck knows if it's going to be done. 
And he's like, well, can't you do half of it and then call David? I go, that doesn't work like that. But trust me, I've tried. It's not, it's not how it works. You know, I don't create paintings. I don't know how long they fucking take. So I can't just presume to go snap my fingers and the fucking guy's going to bang something out. So we have a, a working deal and I've fucked it up the last two weeks. You know what I mean? Where I, I, I had to get artwork. I got to be done by a certain time and I haven't hit the fucking pit, the post on it. And I could do. So yesterday I knew I was like, well, in this fucking window, because again, to do this fucking show, I need a. Uh, you know, I, I need, I get to explore the space cowbell style, man. I can't fucking just sit. I mean, I look, I can open the microphone and talk any fucking time about any fucking topic. I talked to Shannon about that Monday. So I was talking about the deadlines on the show and how I got to work with this and how it's got to be done. How I missed last week's deadline. I got the show out Thursday afternoon because I want to fall asleep because I've been driving so much. And she's like, well, you know, can't you just do it this way? And I'm like, I can't. I mean, really, I, I wish I could say yes. And maybe a more disciplined, better performer could do that. But right now I, I'm not that I'm not, I, and, you know, so I've talked to David about it and he's like, well, dude, when you had to work with Lily, you had to go to her house at a certain time. You had to be done by a certain time. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's different. And he's like, how is it different? I go, I don't fucking know because there was somebody there who I had, who had rely, would depend on me. And the Mex is like, uh-huh. And guess who that is now? It's me. So you should probably be done by eight o'clock every Tuesday. And I'm like, you're not fucking wrong, dude. He's not. I, but I, and I've been doing great so far in year 10 and getting it done. But the last two weeks, it just, it just it was so much driving. Cause again, it coincides with that. If I don't live life. I don't feel like I can, I can sit down and bring you the best fucking show that I can, even, even if, uh, I can open up the microphone and talk because people are like, Mike, are you going to talk about the UFC? You're going to talk about the McGregor fight. You're going to talk about these things. And it's like, I'd love to, but I mean, I also got a, a, a million other people listening who don't even know what UFC stands for. So they don't want to fucking hear me talk about it. But then I do that whole show about the bears and people are like, I don't even like football. And I fucking love that show. So I, but I mean, I am look, you're, you're dealing with a dude who will consistently talk himself out of doing the right thing because he thinks nobody would like it. You know that, you know that about me. I've already gone. Look at this fucking tangent I've gone out on. And also by the, by the way, with me telling you, oh yeah, I, I don't think I can just open the microphone and talk. Look what, just listen to the last eight minutes and say, oh, you really, you couldn't just open up the microphone and talk. Just talk about your fucking neuroses and bullshit. And everybody will be like, Oh yeah. Okay. I get that because you're a fucking numbskull. Um, I'm going to breathe. Hold on. I'm going to breathe for a second. That seemed like a lot of talking. Um, so his, so his kids here. So I go, so I want to talk. I, I said, look, I'd rather record tomorrow night. Let's just do that. I've straightened it out with Max and we squared it away. And plus we're going to this concert and he said, fine. So we'll record Wednesday. He goes, well, yeah, it'll work out perfectly. We'll go, we'll go out with, uh, my daughter and we'll go have a, like a birthday dinner. And uh, I said, I thought you were cooking tomorrow night. He's like, no, it's her birthday. So she should pick. And I go, oh, fuck. Yeah. I thought you, she wanted ramen. I thought that's why you were making it. He goes, well, she likes ramen, but what she'd really like to do is go to this pizza place. She likes, I said, well, then let's do that. If I'm included, I go, I, I if she doesn't want me there, I totally get, he's like, shut up. She's fine. She'll want you there. She's really, she's a good kid. I go, yeah, but it's not, see, that's the thing. People always presume I think it's about the kid. Like it's, it's, it's not, I don't think that's a bad kid. I think it's a kid who's going to have some wondering why some dopey fucking guy from a show came out and visit. It's like with the first times I saw Jill, I met her son and, and I, and he had to be going, who the fuck is this guy? Like, why is my, you know, and then she's like, no, he listens to your show. Like he hears it in the car when I play it and stuff. And you know, at the time I thought that was normal, even though now I know it's not, um, so I always presume that uh, I'm a burden, which is silly. So, but, but at the same time, I'm not a 12 year old. I mean, I was 12 and I remember when I was 12, there was shit I didn't like. And one of them was fucking strangers. So, and then, and then he's like, yeah, I'm going to work till five, but uh, my, my daughter will get home in the, in the middle of the afternoon. I'm like, oh, wait, so now I'm alone in the house with your daughter. This has just got fucking late movie written all over it. Like just, I'm now I'm going to be like fucking uh, bad, bad was weird hero. Who's the guy who hit in the wall. Remember that fucking movie? Uh, there was a movie. It, it was a got a guy who hit in a wall and he could like spy on people in his fucking mom's house. God damn it. Weird. 
Bad Herald? Bad Herald. I think it was called Bad Herald. Google Bad Herald. I think I'm right. I may be conflagrating the plot of Bad Herald with another movie, but there was a movie about a kid who lived in a house and he could like climb through the walls and he would spy on people. And then of course he'd, I'm thinking fucking jerk off. I don't remember, but that was one of those movies that would either air at like midnight or at three 30 in the afternoon edited to fucking death, you know? So, but that's the thing. You don't want to unleash a 12 year old alone in here with me. Then I'm cause then, because I don't know what the fuck she's going to say. I don't know if she's, and, and also TV movie 1974. weird Harold or uh, bad Harold. Yeah. All right. See, I called it. I knew it was and a thing. Uh, perverted teenage boy lives in the walls of the house. Yeah, baby. You're goddamn right. By the way, did you hear me just yell that? The kid's upstairs sleeping. What the fuck? That's, that's another thing. So that was the whole point I was getting to with all of this. He's like, we can record tomorrow night after the fucking party or whatever the fuck with the birthday. And I said, dude, you're, you want me to do the show with her in the fucking house? And he's like, oh, man, my band plays. And she hears it all the time. And I go, yeah, your band's not yelling fuck the cocks in the middle of the fucking night. Your band's not screaming about Auschwitz. I mean, Jesus, fuck. I don't know what kind of band you got. Maybe they are. But as far as I know, they're probably not. And he's like, dude, it's funny. She sleeps. She sleeps like a fucking neutron bomb. And I go, she's not going to tell you that the scary man yelled fucking woke her up. It's not going to happen. She's if she's a polite kid. She's not going to complain about it. She's going to be nice. Um, he's like, don't worry about it. You're totally you're, you're way off your heart. But also, I put it to you guys like, yeah, I'm nuts. I, I recognize that I'm fucking bananas. Why wouldn't a kid want me to have dinner with her and her dad? I, I understand that. But I'm not wrong about this part. That I'm right now, it's fucking, it's almost 11 o'clock at night. I'm shouting fuck to the rafters and she's upstairs trying to snooze. She got a test tomorrow. She probably got some tests tomorrow. She's going to wake up and be like, uh, I got a 70 on my test because your fucking friend kept yelling fuck in the middle of the night and woke me up. I couldn't sleep. Tell bad Harold to shut the fuck up. God damn it. I've corrupted this kid forever on her 12th birthday. What a mess. Um... So, so he tells me that his daughter's going to be here and I got to record and shit while she's here. And I, I so now I'm all fucking in my head about that. And I'm, and I'm, I'm kind of detached. I won't lie. Cause like I said, the last trip, he, you know, and also, all right, here's this part too. Um, I'm, you know, I'm the talent, pay attention to me. Let's do stuff. Let's hang out. But he's got, he's like, yeah, man, I'll go to work and I'll, I'll come by later and maybe we'll, and I'm just like, ah, shouldn't your whole priority be me? Shouldn't you just drop everything and do whatever the fuck I say at all times? Shouldn't you? I mean, I look, I'll tell you what, if you want a fucking car, I don't even have to deal with Raffaello. That fucking shit goes out of the outside. You come over, you fucking pop the trunk. You probably grab my bags. I get inside. You've got a cold beverage waiting for me. That's the fucking way this thing should work. God damn it. You know what? Everybody take, needs to take a learn from the fucking Chibacabra up in Seattle. My man. I, I, I don't want to say his name, but I mean, he's just, he was the one who picked me up at the airport with a sign that said Schmidt. That guy fucking had it down. That's my guy for fuck's sake. He picked me up after the, the Pearl Jam concert. We went to go out and it was fucking beautiful. It was great to see him. Um, all right. So uh, <laughs> I feel stupid saying it, but, but so then he, I, so his daughter's here and right now she's upstairs shivering under a blanket, wondering what the fuck I'm talking about. She's literally, she's got her phone out. She's looking for gray striped refrigerators, trying to figure out if those exist, trying to find out. She's probably in the morning. She's probably gonna have a list of shitty fridges for me. Hey, I heard about your plight. Enjoy these shitty fridges. You fuck. I'll be busy growing up and being more successful than you in four years. Great. You'll be 16 and always have a fridge that works. I'll be just some fucking homeless guy at the encampment over there with an open fire trying to cook fucking, you know, I need Hoove to save me. That's what I need. I mean, I need my man from Seattle. Hoove, that's the Chiba Cobra. I'm going to say his fucking name. Why not? Uh, Chief Hoove, whatever the fuck. All right. So, um, Paul is, his, I, I, I feel mean not even saying his name. All right. So, uh, so the kids upstairs. So this whole fucking show, I've been barking into a goddamn microphone and you know, she's upstairs tossing and turning fucking thought bubble over her head with just me with demon horns, like John Candy and fucking trains planes. God damn it. So Raffaello drops me off. 
and uh fearful comes home from his work yesterday and and he's he's like you want to do the show and i like i said i was like well we're going to this concert and uh and this this is a band look because when, when i when i was going to do this trip he's like hey man there's a concert would you want to go and i said yeah of course because i'm i'm all about experiences now like i want to go i want to go on adventures i want to see things i want to do stuff if you like something i'm willing to give it a shot so we were going to go see a concert by a band called mercury rev now i've heard the name i know i've never but i've never heard of a note they've played i don't know a fucking thing about them i don't know anything at all um but they were playing an album that that is very special to fearful and they were playing the entire the album in its entirety and he told me it's a stripped down show. It's just a couple of guys with guitars and they're in it. It's probably going to be an hour. And I said, I'm, I'm in man. Whatever we got going on is great. It was at a place called the chapel down in San Francisco. So, uh, so we, you know, we got ready to leave. We we're heading out the door and, uh, and he's like, well, if you want to go a little, cause I, I also said, I go, Hey, look, are there chairs at this venue? And he's like, why? Cause I, cause I you know, who that was, that's, that's, that's the old bad me coming forward. Uh, that's the guy looking for a way out. I won't lie. I mean, it's just, it, it's, uh, you know, like I said, as excited as I was, I was all about experiences and stuff like that. There's still the, the, the 70 year old man inside me who's going, yeah, wouldn't you rather just stay in fearful's compound and just surf the net or talk or whatever, hang out, go watch a movie downstairs in the coldest basement in America. Wouldn't you rather do that? <clears throat> and, um, I mean, yes, but at the same time, this, this was a special show to him and he invited me. He's like, would you please go to this? I'd really like that. I was like, cool. I would love to, but there's still that little guy. It's like, uh, if I'm a cuckoo clock, there's a bird inside me that goes, stay home, stay home. He's just like, fuck it. Uh, so I started to find the weasel ways, you know what I mean? I'm like, Hey, are there chairs at this venue? And he's like, well, I don't, I don't know. We can go early and check. And I was like, all right, well, I just want I just want to know. Cause I mean, and cause I look, I'm, uh, I'm way too big. So my back and my, and my knees are a little rough, especially for standing in a venue. It just, it just is now. Can I power through it? Of course. Can I power through it? If it's a band I want to see? Absolutely. Can I power through it? If it's somebody I've never heard a note they fucking played, eh, who the fuck cares? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to, but at the same time I would do it for fearful. And I'm, again, I'm his guest and he's taking me to a show that means something to him. So it's important for me to share that with him. That's fine. But at the same time, that little fucking bird is going, stay home, stay home, stay home. Uh, so he goes, why don't we go early and we'll get something to eat down there. There's a taqueria right by there. And then we'll bust into the, uh, the venue and see if they have chairs early. And if, if they don't, we can plan accordingly. And I'm like, cool, that's fine. So, uh, we go and we get in the Uber and he chooses Uber pool for this particular trip. I will tell you this. That's another thing is fucking, uh, Fearful chooses the Uber pool a lot more times than I'm comfortable with. Now, look, I recognize he's saving $4 a clip, and that's fine. I mean, you've got monks to feed. Uh, you got a 12-year-old to buy a birthday present for and a cake and whatever the fuck else. But at the same time, I'm, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want people in the car. I barely want the driver in the car. If they, if they could make a Johnny Cab out of Total Recall pick us up, that'd be fucking fantastic. I'd be thrilled. Just fucking change the whole industry at that point. Just get a fucking Charlie McCarthy looking fucking robot driving me around. And I'm, I don't, I don't have to have a discussion about the robot's grandkids. So we call this Uber. And this was the guy who, uh, who the, uh, the Latino guy who didn't really understand a lot of English. 
So he picks us up, and he was a nice guy. But I will t- another thing too, I'll tell you, like my car is a 2008 Camry, I think it is, and I'm always worried it might be too old. I keep I, I keep it clean, I keep it nice, it's it's neat, it's you know it runs great, it's a hybrid, it's perfect. But at the same time, I'm like ah, I see people in these big fucking. I saw a Mercedes Ubering by me the other day, and I'm like Jesus fucking Christ. I mean, I can't hang with that. Um, but then we drove in these Ubers the last few days. I mean, I there the, the car we got into a. What the fuck was that thing that that Hispanic guy, that Latino guy was driving? It was a. Uh, by the way, I, I I keep saying Latino and I want to say Hispanic, but Hispanic's wrong now, right? Oops. Yeah, it's just Latino. I apologize. Sorry, I, I please, I apologize. I, I I didn't mean to say it there. Um, but but he had. It, it was it was like almost. I think he had a Chevy Cavalier. I mean, it was like that fucking bad. It was that same shape, that same like instrument panel because I owned one of those, and and we were jammed in the back seat. And again, he was a nice guy, and we're talking in the back. Um. But then it's pool, so we pick up some guy named Danny, uh, and I use his real name just on the off chance he's listening to this, which I hope he is. Uh, Danny hops in the front seat, and uh, the venue is, you know, we got a, a ride ahead of us, a bit of a ride. So we're driving, and in the back seat, Fearful's talking, and then I answer him, and I say something, and Danny in the front seat, his head wheels. Like, like not, not like slowly I turned. I mean, he turns around as if there was a, a loud noise behind him. He was startled. And, uh, and I didn't, I didn't say anything at first. And then fearful started talking again because we we're talking about microphones. That was, that was what the discussion was. Fearful's asking about microphones and about my microphone and the microphone he uses and the input. And, uh, and I answered the question and I said, I just bought a windsock and this guy wheeled and turned around and looked and, uh, he goes, are you guys talking about radio? And fearful, and I, I literally, I would just go, no. But fearful goes, well, no, we're talking about podcasts. And I'm trying to do his, his uh, on the mountain voice. You know, I can't do his voice, but he, we're talking about podcasts. The we're new, the new medium that's taking the world by storm. And I'm like, wait a minute, you fucking film strip motherfucker. Let this kid ride in the car in peace. What are you doing? Well, I don't want to talk to the driver. I barely want to talk to you. You're going to rope Danny into a three-way with us? Jesus, fuck. So sure enough, I mean, he just, Danny's just like, radio? And he's like, no, I'm talking about podcasts. Have you heard of them, young man? I mean, it's just like, literally, I can hear the film storm going, it's so bad. So I just shrink into my fucking seat. And the guy goes, oh, you know what? And he goes, I, I listen to podcasts all day. Like I, I work in a job that has really loud noises and, and I, I listen to podcasts all the time and, and fearful just goes, well, it just so happens. My friend and I have podcasts that are available on the iTunes platform. Oh my God. Shut up. Shut up. You fucking automated commercial nonsense. What are you doing? And I, and I literally, I go, no, we don't. I, I, I just, because I, I was like, I'm not having this conversation. I'm not, I'm not going to sell one guy on me in 14 miles. Uh, but he goes, really? Oh, I, what, what shows do you do? And, and, uh, and he's just like, well, you know, I do a show called The Paranoid Strain. He goes, but I was very influenced by my friend here who does one of the best comedy shows in the world. It's my favorite show. It's called The 40-Year-Old Boy. And I go, no, it isn't. And I, I'm like, literally, I want, and the guy goes, well, yeah, I'm, I'm about to subscribe. I go, you don't have to. And, and he's, he's Googles my name and he goes, he goes, are you Mike, Mike Schmidt? Is that your name? And I go, uh, it is. Yeah. And I go, and, uh, and then he goes, well, you'll have to Google Mike Schmidt comedy because the ball player takes up a lot of the bandwidth there on the internet. So, uh, but you'll go, and I'm like, what are you doing? 
What what has happened to you? We were we were having a nice polite ride, and and all of, and I, and so I, I I but I knew there was something why the kid spun his head around. So uh, he starts talking about the podcast that he likes and he listens to and he and uh, and he listens to thousands. And then Fear goes, "Here's my phone. Here are all of the podcasts I listen to." And then he just starts scrolling through a thousand podcasts. And then my logo's in there, and he goes, "That's Mike's show right there." And I'm like, "Oh my god, no, it isn't. Stop." Uh, and then the guy goes, oh, so, but you have your show. And he goes, well, this is my logo here. And he goes, the guy goes, yeah, I know. I just subscribed. I actually looked it up. And he goes, but I, you know, I, he's Mike Schmidt, but I do my show anonymously. And, and he says he does a show anonymously. He's for 15 minutes. He's been promoting the paranoid strain about conspiracy theories. And we look everywhere. We've got a QAnon show. And we've got 9-11 shows. And we do this. And, oh, and by the way, in the seventh show I did, we tackled Alex Jones and his conspiracy theories. I mean, he's just, he's reciting his life's work to Danny in the front seat of the pool. And then he mentions, oh, by the way, I do my show anonymously. And Danny looks at the phone and goes, oh, really? Blank and says Fearful's real name, which is on the phone. And uh, Fearful just goes, oh, yeah, well, you can't you can't broadcast that because (laughs) because conspiracy theorists are crazy and I don't want them to come looking for me. And Danny goes, I don't know, man. I I think I got something pretty like Danny starts fucking roasting Fearful. I got something pretty valuable here. By the way, Danny works at a fucking factory of malt or whatever the fuck. I don't know. He literally, he drives a bulldozer and crunches barley all day. He wears noise-canceling headphones and, and he works in a brewery, whatever the fuck he does. But now he's he's got fearful on a string because he knows his real name. He's like, well, maybe if I went ahead and sold this to conspiracy theorists, I could, perhaps I'd contact Alex Jones. I'm like, this is why you don't talk to people. This is why you don't fucking talk to people. And Fearful's like, well, I, you know, but the thing is, you know, these people are kooky and they get a little, and so they're having a conversation. I'm just, I'm slumped in my chair, man. I, I want nothing to do with it. And then uh, Fearful takes a breath, finally. <laughs> and there's an opening. So I, I said to Danny, I just went, you looked startled like five minutes ago when you whipped your head around. And he goes, yeah. I go, did you recognize my voice? And he goes, I did, but I didn't know it was you. I said, who'd you think it was? And uh, I said, because I, I knew you recognized my voice like right away. And he goes, I thought he, he goes, I thought you were Roman Mars. And uh, from some podcast called 99 percent invisible. And I said, uh, well, I, I said, clearly I'm not him. I said, well, you know, because Fearful's just told you who I am. And then so they talk about 99 percent invisible. What a good show it is. I said, I'm not. I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not Roman Mars. I said, I, I'm not on 99% invisible. I'm not on 99 problems. I said, you know what? Roman's got 99 problems, but the mic ain't one. And, uh, and I got no sold by Danny. Like he didn't think it was funny. Could not have laughed less. Even the Hispanic, I turned the radio up just to cover the crickets <laughs> from that horrible job. I got, I mean, Roman's got 99 problems, but a mic ain't one. I was so proud of that. Came out of nowhere. Nothing. Immediately. He unsubscribed to my podcast. <laughs> So, uh, so, but Danny was very pleasant and very nice, but, but I loved the fact that he just, he knows fearful. He took fearful's real name. Like I barely know fearful's real name and he took it and uh, he's like, yeah, well, you know, if anything goes wrong, I'll, I'll be able to sell this to the underground. I'm like, Oh, Danny, you're great. We're going to leave your body in a ditch. Um, but then we drove and, and we dropped him off, which was great. And then we wound up going to the show. Uh, we were at the chapel, as I mentioned in, in, um, San Francisco. And we went to go to a taqueria first. So we're walking down the street. Uh, when I said, hello, I'm Kango from UTFO. She said, so I said, so baby, don't you know, I can sing rap dance in just one show. Cause I'm Kango, Mr. Sophisticated. Far as I know, there's nobody greater from beginning to end and to beginning. 
I never lose because I know about winning. But if I was to lose, I wouldn't be upset. What if I did the whole song? <laughs> Roxanne, Roxanne, I want to be your man. Yo, Kango, I don't think you're too dense, but you went about the matter with no experience. You should know she doesn't need a guy like you. She needs a guy like me with a high IQ. I got to stop or I'll do the whole fucking song. All right. So that's a UTFO, uh, Roxanne, Roxanne, go look it up. All right. So, uh, so <laughs> we're in a taqueria. Fuck. How the fuck? How did I get, how did I meet UTFO in a taqueria? Um, we go walking down the street looking for something. That's why we were walking down the street. And I said, hello, that's what it was. So we find the taqueria, we get in line and it's a busy joint and it's the mission. It's down in the mission district. So they got the special mission burritos, which as you know, are, uh, it's, it's literally like, it's like a Los Angeles burrito, but they put a wet mop inside of it somehow. I, I don't know. And, and it's just, you know, it's tastes delicious. I don't know what they do to this fucking mop, but holy fuck, does it taste good? But at the same time, you can't, it's a two-handed burrito you've got to hold because otherwise all, it'll just fall ass out all over everywhere because it just soaks the tortilla. It's just, I like a clean bite, man. I like, I like a clean eat. I want to hold a burrito in one hand and just fucking mow through it. The, the very fact that the thing's got a spigot on it should be your fucking first clue. So uh, we get in line, we're in the mission. So he's like, you got to have a mission burrito. I'm like, I've had them, but I don't, you know, they, they bury it in the fucking, the, the, the lettuce tomato, it's just too wet for me. So, I, but you can, he's like, well, you know, you can tell them what to put on it. And I'm like, yes, I know that, of course. So he and I are having a conversation, not unlike the, the conversation that uh, Thomas Hayden Church and Paul Giamatti would have in a sideways. It was just two guys having a fun conversation <laughs> in line in a taqueria. However, uh, you know, I, uh, I have a, a voice that, you know, sounds a lot like Roman Mars. So I'm very recognizable. <laughs> And, uh, and fearful sounds as if Jesus came down. He's, he's literally like this. If you ever wonder what Moses sounded like reading the fucking bullshit commandments, he just listen to fearful show. That's exactly what he, and he sounds like it in real life. There's no flange on his voice. Like he's not putting anything on his fucking voice. It's like my friend, David Lawrence. Whenever I talk to David, you hear him and you're just like, Jesus Christ. I mean, literally David Lawrence's voice is the kind of voice where Bill Curtis hears it and goes, Oh my God, that's amazing. I mean, it's, and so fearful's got that kind of. Mellifluous fucking, it's just a badass voice. One of the ones you wish you had. So, uh, so we're, in the, we're talking. So we're, you know, other, cause other people are like, duh, duh, burritos, duh. And, and we're having a, a very erudite conversation about smart things and lovely people. I'm sure we're hitting all the great points, but we're also, uh, our voices are, our timbers are a little louder than other people. And also it's a loud taqueria. You know, you, you got fucking 47 dudes hiding in the floor waiting for ice to show up. So they're scurrying about and making noise. You got spoons hitting beans and beans hitting spoons. That's fucking brutal. And then you got every, you know, yuppie in line going, uh, do you have a gluten-free tortilla? Oh, my God, kill yourself. Seriously? Uh, you know, I really want to have this burrito, but I don't think I want any meat in it. Do you guys have anything without meat? Well, yeah. Uh, and it's literally, it's like K, K, K. <laughs> Uh, and then by the way, they said this KKK three times, the guys from ice, they ran in and the guys from <laughs> the guys from under the floorboards bailed out. Um, so we're having a conversation about normal fun, whatever we're talking because we're like, he's interesting and I'm trying to keep up. And sure enough, there's a dude in front of us and this, I would just call this guy a mission veteran, just like a fucking bomber jacket. Like what are those, what are those puffy downfield jackets? And he just had an angry looking skull, just bald. And a, and, a, and a fucking, just a furrowed brow that I think he was born with. It, it just, he looked like, uh, you ever see Brainiac, the guy who fights like Superman? All right, like that, but without the swelled part of the head. You know, you know how Brainiac's head looks like a light bulb? All right, this guy just had a normal size fucking head like that with the big deep fucking creases in the brow. It's a, just a mess. And he also had, but also, you knew he wasn't legit because he also had the hipster black Clark Kent thick glasses on. So, you know, he was trying hard. I mean, he's trying. He's like, you know, what he reminded me of my buddy, Russ. I have a comedian buddy, Russ, who 
I, I love Russ. He's one of the funniest dudes in the fucking world. He's a cool ass dude. But at the same time, like he has a tattoo of like a sailor with an anchor on his arm and he'll wear those glasses and he's completely bald. And you're just like, I, I don't, I, there's already a Moby. I mean, literally you don't need to do this. So this fucking guy in front of us, so he's in front of us and we're having a conversation and uh, we're talking about everything from mission burritos to burritos in the mission. And this guy literally, he just keeps looking at us like fucking side eye, like, like, like uh, these fucking guys talking and enjoying each other's company. Uh, who do these guys think they are? Friends. Like you can just see him looking at us like with this contempt for happiness, this contempt for, for extemporaneous speaking, this, this fucking looking down his nose at people who actually might be enjoying life for a second. I mean, he was just misery incarnate, this fucking guy. Uh, you know what? He was actually, he was misery incarnate Asada. That's what he was. So he, uh, he looks back at us and he, he looks at us like 15 times. I mean, I, I mean, and I'm seeing it and look, all right, I'm trying to be a better person. You know that we all know that old me at one point would have looked at him and gone, what the fuck are you doing? What are you looking at? Like, I, and I, I, and just, that's the stupid bouncer, Chicago fucking J you know, I've told that James Hetfield story a million times. It's one of my favorite stories where he's eating in a diner and a guy in the car outside is staring at him and he's fucking, he's like, why is this? What, what the fuck's this guy looking at? And he goes, so I'm eating and I'm looking at this fucking guy and he's just, he won't stop. He's sitting in the car, just staring. He's looking right at me. I'm like, motherfucker, what the fuck is wrong with you, man? So, you know, finally, I'm fuck, I'm not having it. I fucking get up. I walk outside. I go up to the fucking car. I'm like, hey, motherfucker. Guy's asleep. He's not even looking at me. But, but in my fucking haunted head, I think this guy's staring me down and calling me out. I wasted all my hate on that guy. And I've loved that phrase forever. I wasted my hate on that guy. And look, I got plenty of hate. I don't think I'm ever going to waste it on anybody. But, but if I was to tell you that I didn't think about grabbing this guy's perfect round skull and smashing it through the glass fucking counter at the Taqueria, I'd be lying to you because I literally in my head, I had the fight. He had a backpack on. I grabbed the one strap, put it around his neck, grabbed the back of his head with my hand and just push right into the glass and hope it didn't break because then I'm going to jail. Although probably smashing his head into the glass would send me to jail. I don't, I don't even know why I went to that place, but he just kept looking like with this side, I like judgment and, and granted it was me. And it might've been my anxiety over, am I going to be able to sit in a chair? Am I worried about my back going to be hurting? It might, I don't know what it was, but there was something that was built up inside me. Might've been the, from the discussion in the car because I get literally, cause here's the thing. I browbeat myself after the car ride. Danny was a nice guy. Danny, I, Danny was genuinely interested in finding out about podcasts, but I, I, all I did the entire ride was tell him I was not good enough to listen to. Yeah. You don't want to subscribe. Nah, don't dude. Don't even Google me. It's, it's not even a thing. I, I go, his show's great. Listen to his show. I, that's, I did that the whole ride. Why? What's the point in that? There's a guy there who's genuinely interested in me, actually recognized my voice, thought it was somebody else who he enjoys. I could have parlayed that into, well, you know, the thing is I actually, I, I have a YouTube channel and I have a, I do that sort of thing. But I spend so much time telling people not to like me. I don't know why. I, I don't know what that is because I'm embarrassed. Like, I mean, dude, I did that Joker clip. I still haven't tweeted it because I, in my mind, I'm like, ah, you know, fucking self-promotion. It's such a shitbag thing to do. What the fuck are you talking about? I, I mean, that's, that's what it's for. I mean, I've, I've, I've preached to the choir with you guys and I hope you've seen it or you've shared it. That's great. Thank you. But I was going to send an email blast to let people who might've remembered me do it. And I was going to put it on fucking Twitter and Instagram. And, and I haven't because in my brain, I'm like, ah, people don't want that shit. It's the dumbest, it's, it's literally the greatest impediment to me being a success that I can think of. The fact that I will always, always slice my own fucking throat and not take the opportunity to tell somebody something that I truly believe. I'm fucking great.
So maybe that was still manifesting inside me while this guy was giving me side eye in the fucking burrito house. And uh, we're getting closer to the counter. We're getting closer to the counter. And then uh, people are ordering and they're all whatever the fuck. It's just it's just a big cacophony of noise. People are eating. People are ordering. People are just fucking in line. We finally get to the front. And I, like I said, I didn't want a full mission burrito because also uh, fearfully cooked food for me before we left because I was starving. I hadn't eaten you know, in the morning at all. And he made me some smoked chicken that he had made somebody else two years ago. He unthawed that. And, uh, and then, and then he had homemade falafel that was, uh, that tasted like a Brillo pad, but was delicious. It was literally, it was literally like eating a sock with falafel spices because it was so goddamn dry, but he gave me tahini with it. So I fucking sopped it all up. It was good. Um, so I wasn't super hungry. I couldn't eat a whole mission burrito and I wasn't going to be half a fucking wife and go, can we split a burrito fearful? I mean, <laughs> fuck that, you know? I mean, if Danny shows up, I split a burrito with Danny, certainly. And I split a burrito. If Baldy wants to split one, I split one with him, too. But fearful, I just, I got to appear manly in front of him. So I'm like, well, what can I eat? And then I saw, you know, this is so weird. I saw the crispy taco shells. And in my head, I went, I want a crispy taco from this joint. Even though I'm sure, you know, the, the soft tacos are better and stuff. So I was like, maybe I'll get a couple of tacos. Well, you know, then they had fish tacos. I'm like, fuck, I love fish tacos. Authentic fish tacos, nothing better. But sometimes, like they make them on the grill. And I love grilled fish tacos. I do. But sometimes you want a crunchy fucking fish fillet. Like you want, you want the, the cabbage, the fucking kind of the tartar sauce, maybe some of the red sauce, you put some hot sauce on there and you got a fucking fish fillet. It's so good. So I was like, you know what? Now I want crunchy, I want crunchy fish tacos. That's what I want. So I got to the front of the line and the, uh, the Latino girl walks up and I look at her and I go, Hey, are the fish tacos fried? And she's like, okay. I said, the fish tacos, are they fried? She, I, I, uh, I, uh, I, don't, I don't, I don't, I go, you have fish tacos? Oh, one fish taco? Yes, okay, one, no, 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 no. I, I don't want a fish taco. I want to know if they're fried. Are the fish tacos fried? And now, you know, there's 12 people in line behind me. Uh, I, you know, I, Baldy's in front of me. I, I just, I just asked, I asked the question. I, I, are the fish tacos fried? Third attempt. I go, no, no, you have fish tacos. I, I point at the sign. She nods and I go, are they fried? And she goes, hey, don't, uh, hold, 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 please. Hold one. That. She turns around. A dude walks by with a bucket. And she, and she grabs him. She's going to, she's bringing him into the conversation. I now, now, you know what? Bucket Gonzalez has absolutely got the, this is our fish guy. I got the fish guy right here. He's the monger. He's got a bucket. This fucking guy, this guy speaks less English than her. And he, she's going to drag him into the conversation. And she, he's like, and so in Spanish, she runs off a paragraph and then he runs off a paragraph and he goes, Oh, okay. And he goes one, one. And he goes to put fish on the grill. I go, dude, no, no, seriously. You know what? Just taco plate. I just want a fucking taco plate. And she looks at me and she goes, I don't, what I go taco plate. And I point at the menu and she goes, I don't. And I go, you know what? Forget it. I don't want a fucking thing. I'm fine. I look at fearful. I go, order your food. It's good. Bye. Bye. And I walk out. I, I left. I had to, I had to, um, I just want, I'm done. You know what? I'm fine. Thank you. I'm sorry to bother you. Everybody enjoy your food. I, and I literally turned around and I walked out and I walked outside and I was going to take a lap. And instead I just kind of stood there and I walked and paced a little bit in place. And, uh, you know, then, then the Hulk goes away and I calm down and I become me again. And I, and I go, well, you just, that was stupid. You, now you don't eat. Now you don't eat. This is your, you just fucked yourself. And I go, yeah, but I, but they were, and I'm like, no, you, they, no, but you, you could have taken the time. You could have ordered whatever. You could have had the fish taco, whatever you, you could have done it. So I'm having that conversation in my brain outside with more. And there's a line out the door with this fucking place. It must've been great. And now I resent the fact that I didn't get to eat because of my own fucking dumb shortcomings. Um, but I stayed outside for about three minutes, just got, got some air. And, uh, and I walked back in 
and, and there was a table. I grabbed the table. I cleaned it off and I'm sitting there waiting for fearful to get his food. And he walks, uh, he gets his food and then he walks, he walks right by me. He doesn't even see me. And I go, dude. And he looks and he goes, Oh, and he sits down to eat and he goes, you okay? I said, I don't, I, I think so. I don't know. And he goes, what was that? What was that about? I go, I just, and he goes, well, look, he goes, he goes, you were, you weren't wrong. Like it was weird that they didn't understand what you were saying. They get people in here. He goes, I've been in here at two in the morning when drunk people try to order and they speak a lot worse than you do. And they seem to know everything they're fucking saying. Uh, he goes, but why did you, but why did you, I think you said panic. He was like, why did you panic? Cause I, it must've looked like I panicked. And I just went, I don't, because I, because I felt like I was going to do or say something I didn't want to do. I was, I was getting mad and, uh, I was already mad at the bald guy because all I was waiting was for him to turn around and go, dude, you know, you can order. And I, and then that would have been it. I mean, it would have just, then his fucking chicklets would have flown all over the goddamn restaurant as I would have never stopped headbutting the motherfucker. I mean, I, I just, I, I was just mad. I was, I was in a mood. I was in a, in a bit of a snit, even though we were having a great conversation in line, we were having fun. We were laughing and joking, but him looking at me combined with the fact that I was, I, I didn't feel I was good enough in the car for some reason. And then the frustration of trying to be understood because that's all I can be is understood. All I have is my voice. All I have is the way to speak. And I was being very polite. I wasn't mean, but as it built and built and built, I was starting to go, look, I just, you know what? I'll just have a taco plate. I'm fine. Just a taco plate. And then she's then look, and she didn't know what fucking taco plate was. I mean, I like, I, cause I was already like fried fish, fried, fried, fucking fried Frito fucking sizzle crunch. What the fuck? Did, who doesn't know what fried means? Taco plate tacos in your name for fuck's sake. Like I wanted to lose my mind and say that shit, but I'm like, yeah, that's, and that's the thing. I had to get out of there before I started doing that. Because then, you know who you are? You're the guy who gets filmed as the racist guy who yelled at the Latino people that didn't understand you at the taco joint. And and it wasn't about that. It was just about the fact that my own feelings of being angry were combining with the fact that I wasn't being understood and I was trying to make myself heard and I wasn't being heard. And Jesus Christ, is that frustrating? And so uh, I went, and in my brain, I made the decision where I shut it down. I go, you don't need a taco this bad. You do not need a taco this bad. Thank God for smoked chicken and dry falafel because otherwise there would have been a fucking scene. So, uh, fearful latest burrito and we hung out and uh, he's like, dude, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll eat after the show. And I go, all right, that's, that's cool. I go, yeah. Cause I'll be, it'll be, I'll be hungry then. And he's like, all right, cool. He goes, yeah, well, you'll even come back here if you want. I go, yeah. Cause this food like really smells good. I go, I'm mad that I didn't get it. And also I'm in San Francisco. I got to have food in the taqueria and the mission. It's just what you do. And he's like, well, we'll come back after the show. And I said, great. So then we went for a lap and, uh, we checked the, we went into the venue and there were no chairs. Uh, but I did you know, I, I, cause here's another thing, uh, as strong as my instinct for self-preservation is and to only do the things that I want, um, my instinct to make the person I'm with more comfortable is stronger. So I didn't say a word about it. He's like, yeah, there's no chairs. I go, cool. Let's go in. We went in and it was a small venue, uh, that had a balcony upstairs and stuff, but we, we were hanging out and he's like, Hey, you know, the show doesn't start till like nine. It was eight 15. He goes, do you want to go find something to eat? I go, well, if we could just go sit somewhere, that might be kind of cool. And we went across the street. He, he Googled it. There was a, a Japanese vegetarian joint. I'm like, that seems weird. You know, I'll go eat a bowl of daikon radish. Why the fuck not? But right next door to it, there was a Greek semi-fast food, like almost like a Greek chipotle joint. Like they had bowls and wraps, you know, that kind of nonsense. And so I got a leg of lamb wrap. I got some uh, potatoes cooked in, in chicken fat and got fucking some fries and, and uh a glass of rosé that came with a prison cup straight out of a fucking movie from the 30s. It was ridiculous. Um, I didn't have the rosé, by the way, because I'm I'm a man. But uh, Fearful, however, had the rosé, so that was good. <laughs> uh, I had a leg of lamb, a full big hunk of mutton, and I, I fucking got the grease all over my face like a, like a man would while he sipped his rosé with two fearful pinkies in the air. Um, yes, sir. Uh, so we went to, uh, so we did that, and we go back to the venue, and there's an opening act. Uh, it was our good friend, Marissa Nadler or Nadler, perhaps. I don't know. 
uh, and she comes out and um, and you know the fans are there milling about and they all know Marissa because they introduce her and people clap and they go crazy and she comes out and she's like oh yeah I'm, I'm so glad to be here thank you so much this is a very soft-spoken woman she's wonderful and it's just her and a guitar and then uh, sitting down is a, another gentleman who is playing any number of instruments. He could have, it could have been a glockenspiel. It could have been a guitar. It was a bass at one point. There's no drum. It's just basically a stripped down thing with the two of them. Cause like I told you, fearful said it was going to be a stripped down Mercury rev shell, but there were drums on stage. So we thought Marissa was going to use them, but then she didn't. And he's like, I don't know why there are drums here. Cause this is a fucking like acoustic thing. Uh, and then Marissa Nadler, uh, Nadler starts singing and, uh, and, and, uh, well, you know, singing, how do I, instead of she was singing, cause again, a lovely voice, but, um, Basically, what she did was just she started belting out a sea shanty. I, I, I mean, just literally, like like Gordon Lightfoot, wherever he is in the world, woke up because it was like the Lightfoot signal. She shined it into the air. He started putting on his his uh, fucking his Birkenstocks and his down vest, and he went, I, "I'm needed somewhere. Somewhere, someone needs to hear about the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald." That's what's going on because she and. She, you know, she reminded me of it was like if someone watched fucking <laughs> say anything and gave the Joe lies when he cries girl a record contract. That, that's what happened. <laughs> Joe lies. He lies when he cries. We need to sign you up, Marissa Nadler. Please wear your stocking hat to the show. She belts out a sea shanty in deep purple lighting. And people are swaying back and forth. And then she's like, and she finishes and people clap and snap their fingers and light a candle and whatever the fuck. And then she's like, here's another one. Oh, and she, and she sings another plaintive wail that just sounded as if she was, she was ruining the loss of a pet from youth. I mean, it was just trapped inside of her and she was finally getting it out. And, and it was, I couldn't even tell you what the words were, but it was like, I just, in my head, I, I, <laughs> so then she does, she finishes that song. She starts the third song. And and it's the it's literally the same song. It's again guitar one, and she's like, "This guy didn't like me, and my dog is mean." And I lean over and I look at fucking uh, fearful, and I go, "Now let me ask you something. Does does an opening act always play the same song over and over in this town? How does this work?" And he goes, "I don't know. This is this is unbelievable." Finishing the third song, goes into a fourth song, same thing, same thing. Not I'm not kidding. Deep purple light. They're not changing the light at all. She's just bathed in this darkness. Deep purple light, and she's just moaning through complaints. That's all she's doing. She is every. I think she wrote every one of these songs in line at the DMV. I mean, it was just so fucking sad and awful. And uh, and she's just like, and I leaned over and I go, uh, ladies and gentlemen, here's the next song. It's off of my album called uh, "Who Hurt You." It's going to be in. I leaned away again because I, I don't I don't want to because then I we were just talking tonight about when I went to Bob Seeger and me and Pat and Siegel were ruining it for these people in the seat in front of us because they they wanted to see Bob Seeger. There had to be a Marissa Nadler fan in the audience there who was skin popping heroin and licking a razor blade. I mean there was she was just the the fucking I, I just that she was the epitome of just sadness and she was a wraith. She was a wraith. That's all she was was a wraith. So she starts singing again and and now she's like thirty minutes in. And I look at him and I go, this is a whole lot of Marissa. And he just goes, actually, that's, a, well, that's her next album, a whole lot of Marissa. And, and I'm just like, oh, okay. And, uh, and, and, I, and I, then I looked at him and I go, you, you know that like, her son is so looking forward to being stillborn. It was, it was so sad. I mean, I can't tell you the, the, 
just awful. And you know that she's she's going to get off stage and go in the back and sip a club soda and read tarot cards. Like, she was that kind of chick, you know. She's barefoot. And, I, and look, I'm sure she's terrific. It's just not my speed. It's not for me. So then she's like, oh, well, thank you. You know, we uh, we reworked this one. Here's a song that we're going to bring to you right now. And uh, and literally, she just hits the same chord and hits the same plane of notes. And it's just, it's awful. And the crowd is just still and silent. And I lean forward and I look at Fearful and I go, I got four words for this chick. Five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> and th- at that point, we just laughed. We had to because it was so grim. Just this funeral dirge after funeral dirge. And, and if you played this at a wake, the guy would get up and leave. I mean, it was just so terrible. Like, and I can't even imagine this chick dating somebody and going, hey, I wrote another great song. Oh, really? Let's hear it. Oh, okay. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to walk into a propeller. We're breaking up now. Jesus, fuck. Like, you just want to put a cast on that whole fucking album because it was broken, man. It was fucking broken. But I know somewhere somebody loves her. Uh, Her music. Nobody loves her because you can tell clearly (laughs) by what she was bringing to the table. Jesus. So, so... She finally finishes, and I'm just like, I can't. I, I, dude, because then I and I and so I said to him, I go, this is a, that was a slog, man. And he goes, well, I got news for you. If you thought that was slow, uh, the guys that are coming up next are not exactly going to pick up the pace. I said, oh, they're that kind of band. He goes, well, he goes, they're kind of like space rock meets something. I forget what your other description was. Space rock meets something, and he's like, uh, he goes, but yeah, they're kind of they can be a little dirty or whatever, but they're but they're great. I said, well, they'd have to be to follow that. Uh, so then my back started kind of twinging a little bit. And I, you know, because she did 45 fucking minutes, dude. And I even said to him, I go, dude, this is a, this is a lot of fucking Marissa. And he's like, well, you know, opening act plays like 45. And I'm like, yeah, not really. I mean, I go to opening act plays 30. That's the way it works in my fucking town. Uh, and, it, you know, she could have played 10 and it would have seemed like 45. It didn't matter. I mean, we were just surfing sadness the whole fucking time. So, uh, so I was waiting for the, the rev to come on. And then I looked at him and I go, hey, uh, you know, I might go, I'm going to take a lap probably just to get some fucking blood circulating. And he goes, yeah, no problems. So I walked outside and it turned out there was an attached bar and it had tables and stools. And not only did it have tables and stools, but it had the Warriors season opener and it had the Dodger Brewer game on. The, literally, the only other thing they could have said would free hand jobs for Mike Schmidt and it would have been the most perfect spot for me at that moment. Uh so I sat down and I got the blood rolling on my legs and I checked the, you know, checked Twitter, checked the phone, checked the score, saw what was going on, caught, caught up. And, uh, and I, I had told him, I go, look, I'll meet you back in here. You know, once the band kicks in, but then in my head, I'm kind of like, you know, the fucking game's on out here. Maybe I should watch the end of the game. And, uh, and then he texted me fearful and he's like, Hey man, I went up to the, to the, to the mezzanine and there's a table with chairs. Come on in. And, uh, and part of me was going to be like, Hey man, you know, the Dodger game's in here. I'm going to watch the end of the Dodger game, and then I'll, I'll come in there. And uh, that was the old man inside me. That was the cuckoo clock. It was just like, stay here, stay here, stay here. And then I went, uh, fuck you. you. you, This dude bought your ticket. He fucking paid for you to go out to this night, and, and he didn't leave when you acted the fool at the taqueria. Go hang out with your friend. So I just typed back, awesome. I said, I'm on my way. And uh, I ducked back into the room. I went upstairs, and... and uh, 
there was like four tables with stools. You didn't have a great view of the stage because there were people standing in the front, but there were two giant TVs that were covering everything. And you could see fucking everything. And you could hear perfect. The sound was perfect. It was, it was honestly better than the sound downstairs. And Mercury Ave took the stage and they came out. And I, I don't know fuck all about these guys. I didn't Google them. I didn't read anything about them. I was just going to fucking take them at face value and see what they brought. Uh, but then when they came out, it was a full band. And, and Fearful grabs my shoulder and he's just like, dude, th- th- they're going to use the drums. They're, it's like a whole, I'm so happy. Like, I didn't think they were going to do a full band thing. And, uh, and then he drank his fourth spicy margarita. And, uh, and I was like, all right, cool. And they started to play and, and their singer came out and I didn't <laughs> like, I don't know anything about this fucking guy again. I don't know, but he came out and he had this, he had a vibe of his vibe was Perry Farrell meets Tom Waits meets a jaunty sea captain. Cause he had like a hat on and he, he was dressed like uh he, he wasn't dressed like a dandy, but he was dressed like a guy you would see in a, in a, in a nice British pub reading a book. He looked like a, like a gentle, nice man. And I liked him immediately and they started to play and, uh, and you know, I, I, I got tired of live music when I was bouncing. You know, because I would see bands that I hated or I'd see stuff and I didn't give it a chance. You know what I mean? Some bands I'd love and I loved, but also a lot of the time I was trying not to get spit on. You know what I mean? So that shit fucking showed up. And I even told him last night, I kind of like coming to these shows sometimes and standing by the stairs because everybody looks at me like I got to check their ticket or their wristband because I just, I just have that vibe and I'm wearing black. I'm a big guy. So it happens all the time. Um, But this band starts and again, I don't know anything about them and immediately I like them. I like him. And, uh, and the drum and the guitarist is really good. His name is grasshopper. I find out later. So that takes some points off. But other than that, uh, and I asked him, I go, is this the original band? Cause the bass, the bass player, like the drummer looked young. Um, and he's like, no, he goes, the guitarist and the singer are the original guys. He goes, the three other guys are new. Not, I don't know how new, but they might, they've been in, you know, they're not original members. Cause this band has been around since I Google it fucking 91. They've been around and, uh, and they hadn't played in San Francisco in a decade. They're from here. So they were greeted like conquering heroes when they came out on stage and they did like an hour and 40 minutes and it was fantastic. Like, I mean, I, again, I didn't know them at all, but, but I related so hard to this dude because, uh, and without getting into too much stuff, like a lot of their songs were about loss and about how he had, uh, always thought he was going to be with someone and then they disappeared or, or how he felt after a breakup or uh, there wasn't, but they weren't sad. Does that make sense? Like they were their music still was tinged with optimism. Even they were talking about sad things and the, you know why? Because his lyrics and him, they, they came off as capturing sadness in his life, but the music was so empowering and soaring and anthemic. You just, you couldn't help it, but love it. It just was, man, they were great. And I looked at him and I was like, they, you know, these guys remind me of like arcade fire and bands like, and he's like, Oh my God. Yeah. He goes, he goes they've got to be an influence on them. And, um, I was, I was fascinated. So I'm Googling songs. I would catch a snippet of a lyric and I would Google it to find out the song and read the rest of the lyrics. And, uh, there, there was a song about, you know, am I, am I the only lonely boy in the, in central park? And there was, a, 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 I, again, I didn't catch the names of the songs cause they, he wasn't, it wasn't a glad handing rock show. He, he caught me right away because he came out on stage and, uh, he was dressed in a black suit and the sleeves were too long on the shirt, but, but he looked great and his hat looked, I mean, but he had a gray beard, but not a the gray fuzz. And he said, and he came right out and he said, we have not seen you guys for a decade. And I'm, I'm so happy that you've come and I actually see familiar faces. And 
And uh, I can't tell you how overjoyed we are here tonight to do this for you. And thank you for making it happen. Like he was genuinely gracious. And then he couldn't, like he wasn't a rock guy punching the air and dancing and jumping and stuff. He would, he would hold the mic stand almost as if he were kind of, I, 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 I can't even find the word. He was being observed and he didn't like it. You know what I mean? Like he, he, that sort of thing. Like he, he seemed like a tenuous front man. Like he was not comfortable being in front because he kept gripping the microphone and sliding his hand over it. And he kept monkeying with the, the he had a, a tripod mic. So he kept monkeying with the, the thing and just touching the knobs. Like he never sat still. He never looked comfortable uh, in his own skin, but he was comfortable on stage. I hope that makes sense. And, and song after song just got better and better. They were so good. And, and they, these motherfuckers knew how to put together a set list because in the beginning, you know, there was a song that was kind of slow, but an anthem. And then there was another song that was slower. And then there was a song that seemed kind of hopeful. And then by the end, the last song that they fucking did, the words are bleak as hell. It's, it's this one about, I dreamed, uh, I dreamed I would love you. I never dreamed I would lose you in my dreams. I'm always strong. That was the chorus that was getting repeated. And so it's just this devastating because she's gone. The woman's gone. But the music, you're just you're just like, yes, it was it just washed over you and stole you. It fucking stole. They stole me. I, I was there to be taken and they stole me. It was fucking great. So I look forward to exploring them now and finding out all that their music is about. And, and I want to see. It's funny. What I will do is I'll find the set list and I'll build that. I'll build that in my playlist so I can listen to that back to front and then explore the rest of it and find them. And this might be the band, you know, when you find a band like this, like I can't go buy all of their work from 91, but this might be the band that makes me get Spotify. This might be the band that makes me kick over finally and get Apple music because I can, I can, I can add them as friends and, and have them in my life and not have to go crazy and pay and, and all that kind of, and not resent it, not, re- not reject it. So it was great. It was a fantastic show. I was so excited to go. Um, and then the show ends and, uh, you know, and, I, and, and like I said, we're going to go get some tacos and I'm excited to walk around San Francisco because one, I love walking a city. You know, I've told you that I love walking a city, just walking around. And so I was excited and, uh, show ends and, uh, and I look around, I'm like, wow. And they, you know, they didn't do an encore. There was no bullshit rock and roll nonsense. They just, uh, they waved goodbye. They, they were genuinely happy. They shook hands, they smiled and they left and, and everybody was very happy. And we walk outside and, uh, and he goes, all right, the Uber should be here any minute. I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, uh, I ordered the Uber inside. I go, why'd you order the Uber inside? Oh, oh fuck. I forgot this before we left. We go to sit over and there was a purse. I found a purse. I go, dude, give me that purse. And he goes, what? Uh, he goes, go turn it into the bar. And I go, well, I want to give it to a manager. And he's like, uh, you sure? And I go, yeah, I, I'm fine. But in truthfully, I'll be honest with you. Um, there was a blonde sitting there. I knew who she was and it was her purse. So I was going to find her and return the purse because maybe I wanted to talk to her. Maybe I wanted to say hi. But he, give, he gives me the purse and he goes, yeah, just go turn it at the bar. And I go, I, I'm fine. I got it. And he goes, well, you should, it's right there. He goes, you don't trust that guy? I go, I don't know. He looks nefarious, whatever. I, I'll, I'll turn it in. I'm fine. So we walk down the stairs and we walk over. There's a bar right off the stairs. And he walks over and he touches a waitress. He like puts his hand. I go, dude, I got it. I'm fine. And he goes, we well, can just turn it in right here. I go, I'm fine. I, all right, fine. And the woman comes over and I, I, you know, not the blonde, the fucking waitress. And I go, hi, I found this upstairs. And I hand it to her. She goes, oh, thanks. And we walk out. I go, I'm a grown up, dude. I can, I can handle this. He goes, well, you know, I just want to take care of it. You know, I, I get you, you, you took it away from me and I could have given it upstairs. I go, dude, I knew the woman who was holding it. She was kind of cute. I wanted to find her and hand it to her. I wanted to be a hero for a second. And he's like, oh, oh man, I wasn't even thinking about that. Well, the Uber's probably outside. I'm like, what, what do you mean the Uber? And he goes, yeah, I ordered it when the, what, what, right when the, uh, the music ended. 
He goes, you got to do it. Otherwise, the surge is going to go up. And I go, I, th- I thought we were getting tacos. And he didn't hear me. And he goes, look, because he's like, it's here. And he walks away. And uh, he, he starts waving at this woman. And then we get in the car. And that's fucking chatty. Who won't fucking shut the fuck up. And then we drive past the homeless enclave. And we're heading home. And also, uh, I'm fat. So I wanted to stop at a Walgreens and possibly get a chocolate bar. Because I was, again, I was starving. Uh, and I shouldn't eat that. And I know. And you're right. And I'm trying to fucking grab it by the reins. And it's the same thing as the taco explosion. Yes, I'm trying to fix these things. But, uh. But we just drove home. He chose pool and we drove home. And I, I would have paid. I would have paid for the Uber to go to a Walgreens and then get the chocolate bars and go fucking home. I know, but I shouldn't. Whatever the fuck. Uh, but we drive and we get to the house. And that's when we walked in. And I looked at him and I was like, uh, um, I'm actually starving. And he's what? And I go, well, we were going to get tacos after the show. And he's, oh, yeah, you should have said something. And I go, I said something 10 times before the show started. And he goes, well, yeah, I just, I was excited to get the Uber and just come home or whatever. And I go, okay, I, well, that, that's fine. I just, but we were, I was going to stop at Walgreens too. Remember? And he's just like, oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just, I wanted to make sure we got the Uber. I'm like, dude, Uber's that doesn't close. Uh, but that's when he decided to bust out a bag of dough and make me fucking bread in the middle of the goddamn night. Even though he had work the next morning, he's like, yeah, dude, I'll tell him. And I, and I will tell you this, he made me this. So he made me homemade pita, jelly and butter. And I fucking rolled it up and I made like a big fucking, and I just, and I, I mowed through it. It was badass. It was really good. And then we're sitting there and we're talking about whatever the fuck last night. And then, uh, I go, did you make two of these? And I look, I'm not going to lie to you. I know he didn't make two of them. <laughs> he's like, no, do you want, do you want another one? I go, um, yeah, that'd be kind of cool if it wasn't a problem. I go, you know what? You don't have to do that. I know you had to uh, pound it out with a rolling pin and all that shit. He goes, dude, I'm totally, I got no problem with it. I'm happy to do it. That's why I've got it here. And, uh, and uh, so he went out and he made me another fucking giant pita. And I wolfed that down at fucking two in the morning. And, uh, and then he went to work and I got up today and, and uh, his daughter came home while I was sitting at the table and with a friend. That was even weirder. She comes in with a friend and I'm like, and I'm sitting at this kitchen table and they don't even, they don't even look at me. They're talking, they're, they're talking about like little girl stuff. Well, you know, the Slytherin are there and they're, and she's talking about Harry Potter and whatever the fuck. And I'm just, I'm literally looking at them hoping they don't turn around and fucking scream. Cause I, and I, cause I look, I, part of me thought about silently just slinking out. Like I, cause I don't even know if she knows I'm here, uh, but they come in and they're in there. You know, they're little girls. They're all dewy. They got their fucking bicycle helmets on. And they're all like, yeah, they got braces. You know, like, yeah. So, you know, the thing with the Slytherin and I, and I don't want to scare them. I don't. They're just, they're gentle creatures. I don't want to scare these fucking kids. I'm just a giant fucking monster with a bad half a Hitler haircut sitting in front of a laptop. Literally looked like I'm filming them. You know what I mean? Just awful. And they came in and, and I'm waiting for them to see me. And the funniest thing is his daughter, she, she's oblivious. She doesn't even look. The other girl walks her bike in. And she turns around and she's just like, yeah, so I'm going to put my bike over here. She looks at me and she goes, she freezes and gets like wide and goes, hello. I go, hi. And then his daughter turns around and goes, oh, hi. And I go, hi. Happy birthday. She goes, thanks. And they just run upstairs. And I'm sure they went upstairs and she's like, who was that? That's my dad's radio friend. Um, I did tell her. Still. I, but well, she she wrote it in stride. The friend though had no fucking clue, and uh, and but then but but his daughter was extremely sweet and very polite. She came downstairs. They went upstairs to play, and then they came downstairs. And she goes, "Excuse me, are you going to be downstairs?" And I said, "Which downstairs?" And she goes, "Down in the basement." And I go, "No, I'll be I'll be here." I go, "If you need this space, tell me to do homework or something. I'll go down in the basement." She goes, "No, we have a game that we play, but we got to play it in the basement, and we want to make sure that we weren't going to disturb you if you were going to be in the basement." I said, no, I'm fine. And she goes, okay, well then we're going to go down there. I said, okay. I said, well, that's, absolutely. And she walked away I go, and she goes, thank you for letting us. And I said, thank you for checking. 
And, uh, cause I, I don't know. I try to be gentle and nice. And, uh, cause I also don't want to be ominous. I don't know what the fuck to do with kids. Um, the same thing with a dog. Like, I don't, I don't know what the fuck to do with a dog. I mean, kids are, kids are nicer, certainly. And a dog's not going to call the cops on me, which is fine. But they went downstairs and they played and they had a good time. But I met a dog. I, I fucking met a, I met a people face dog. Finally, I went to, I went to go get food on Sunday and I was walking it. And this woman had a Boston Terrier. And he was like out of central casting. He was the same, the perfect size. He was black and white. He just, and he was thin, like he was lean kind of. And he, and he looked at me and he just immediately, his little ears picked up. And I was like, oh dude. And I, and he jumped up to like, look at me. And I looked at her and I go, can I pet your dog? And she goes, oh yeah, please. And I, I just, man, I had both hands behind his ears and, and he's jumping on me and he's licking my face and he's jumping on. I mean, he loved me. He fucking loved me. And, uh, and finally, I, I like kind of stopped petting him, and he kept jumping toward me. And I looked at her, and I go, "Man, I go, I, I want a Boston so bad." She goes, "You should get one. They're so great." I said, "I can't have it at my apartment." And I, and then, uh, and she's like, "Oh man, I'm so sorry to hear that." I go, "Yeah." And then I pulled out my phone and I showed her the 50 photos I have of Bostons from Instagram that I've stolen. And I think it crossed over into weird at that point, probably when I'm like, "Here, look at my phone. Look at my phone. Look at these dogs. Look at these dogs." And uh, but then I said, I, "I go, can I take a picture of me with your dog?" And she goes, "Oh yes." And so I went down to, to pet him. And, uh, he told, he just, I mean, I got, he licked my face like in the most perfect, I have a perfect shot of him licking my face. It's so gorgeous. Um, so I thought I could use that same strategy with his daughter. So she came upstairs and I patted her face I patted her and she jumped up and down and I have the most perfect shot of her licking my face. It's unbelievable folks. I can't wait to share it with you. Uh, don't, don't call 911. Put that phone down fearful. Uh, so, so, and then tonight we went out for pizza and we went for frozen yogurt and just, uh, and we had a blast, man. And uh, and and I'm, I I thank Fearful for having me up here. And and I'll tell you on the other side about the podcast. You know, he's got the the, the Paranoid Strain podcast, which is amazing. And uh, and I'm going to do some recording for that while I'm here. I think that's what I was told. Possibly, I don't know if I am still. I might be getting drummed out. Quite frankly, I got to be honest with you. I I, <laughs> I mean, this has been fun. It's been great. I've had a great time. His daughter's upstairs. She's frightened in her bed. And all I've done is told him to buy fabric softener and clean his fucking house. So I got news for you. This will be my last broadcast from Fearful Jesuits Compound. <laughs> You guys can get me at Mike at MikeSchmidtComedy.com. You guys can be my friends. Did you know that? You can be my friends at Facebook.com slash the 40-year-old boy. You can follow me at Twitter.com slash the 40-year-old boy. And also, I'm at other places on the net. Yes, I am. Instagram and Snapchat. That's where you'll find me. I'm Mike40YOB at both of those places. Mike40YOB at Instagram and at Snapchat. More Instagram. Snapchat, that's a fucking wasteland. I hear from my buddy uh, uh, Sir Coxley a bunch of times and other people. Uh, but but other people are out there. You know, Sir Coxley sounds dirty, but it's not. He's a good guy. Um, although he could be dirty. He's just not dirty to me on Snapchat. Maybe he's Sir Coxley with other people. And I don't know. I think it's his name. But I know it's his name. I don't want to say his name. All right. Anyway. Uh, I'm on there. I'm on Instagram and Snapchat. Find me, Mike40YOB. Ryan Dirks does all the web stuff for this show. You can find him at facebook.com slash Ryan Dirks and be his pal. He's great. He deserves it. He needs friends. Giovanni Giorgio Peluso is also the best. He has done all of our, uh, a lot of our tech stuff. He built our YouTube channel. He helps me out with webcam stuff. He's trying to get me up to speed on streaming, uh, which I'll probably talk about on the other side. Should there be a stream next week? I think there should be. Um, I'll figure out what day and I'll tell you on the other side because I, because everybody's telling me now Wednesday at six is too early and people work and I don't fucking know. So I, I got to think of a time and a date. Um, but there will be a, a live stream next week. It's stupid to announce it now, but I'm what I'm going to make you wait till after the fucking song. Maybe, but you want to hear the song anyway. Uh, although you turn the song, you listen to the song and then you turn me off. You don't want to hear the plugs, but maybe you do. Well, you got to hear the plugs. I got to talk about fearful. Otherwise, I can't, I got to pay rent to stay at his fucking house. Um, 
So go find Giovanni at facebook.com slash Giovanni Giorgio Peluso. You can find him there. He's the best and be his friend and tell him he's great. And remember, he's got uh, his own YouTube channel called The Love Between the Two Hosts. He's got all of the, he's got the Geo Get It On podcast. And then he's got all of the Love Line stuff that he puts together. Go ahead and find that, please. And tell him, uh, uh, give him an attaboy for all his hard work there. He's saving shows that otherwise would not have been saved. And he's preserving something that people love. And that's always something that you should thank him for. So please find our friend Giovanni Giorgio Peluso at all the places I just mentioned and tell him he's the best because he's great and he helps us out too uh david hernandez is the guy who does all of the artwork and the music for the show he's the best he's uh, our, our friend our consigliere and uh, he also can be contacted via facebook facebook.com slash david mex hernandez be his friend on there see all the memes he posts you might want to even friend his dog his Shih Tzu has a fucking page. I don't know what the fuck it is, but I mean, go to Mex's page because sometimes the Shih Tzu will cross post on there. That's our friend Rogue. Uh, but she's out there and uh, she's got a heckin' popular page. So you want to go ahead and follow all that stuff. Uh, but David Hernandez, you know, not only does he do the art music for this show, but he can do art for you. You'll have to find him at artbydmh.com. Uh, he is unbelievably busy, and I'm glad that he is because he does great work for me, and I know he can do great work for you. He's uh, mainly taking commissions now, so what you can do is contact him through Facebook. Okay, if you contact him through Facebook, like I said, facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez and uh, get him involved in doing a project for you, especially with the holidays coming up. He needs a lot of lead time. If you want oil or watercolor or anything like that, please contact him with uh, with enough time for him to get the work done because it has to dry. Then he has to ship it, all of that stuff. Uh, But think about that. Now, again, with us in October, you know, holidays are creeping up. So if you really want to get something on board, you should probably go ahead and step to the front of the queue right now. You can get him at artbydmh.com. Like I said, go check out his work there. See his past stuff. You can see his style, see all of the great works that he's done because you're familiar with the stuff here from the show, but also on the on the website, you can see really great stuff he's done for people and uh, stuff he's done uh, just on his own. But uh, you want to hire him to do personal commissions for you. You want him to have him to do uh, artwork. Uh, you should do that. So go ahead and find him, like I said, at facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. Contact him there to go ahead and hire him to do any sort of commissions for you or your family, especially with the holidays coming up. And also, please go check out artbydmh.com just, just to fucking look, just to go ahead and breathe in the greatness of David. That's where you want to go. Go to artbydmh.com. That's A-R-T-B-Y-D-M-H dot com. side of our lives where nothing is ever put straight she turns herself round and she smiles and she says this is it that's the end of the joke and loses herself in her dreaming and sleep and her lovers walk through in their closed day pretty in Talk of her notes and the flowers that they never sent And wasn't she easy Isn't she pretty in pink The one who insists he was first in the line Is the last to remember her name He's 
walking around in this dress that she wore. She is gone, but the joke's the same. Pretty in pink, isn't she? Pretty in pink, isn't she? Softly sometimes she says I love you and too much. She doesn't have anything you want to steal. Well, nothing you can touch. She waves. She buttons your shirt. The traffic is waiting outside. She hands you this coat. She gives you her clothes. These cars collide. Pretty in pink, isn't she? Pretty in pink, isn't she? So two things. Uh, one, Mercury Reb is from upstate New York. I just made a big deal about them being conquering heroes in the Bay Area and coming back after a decade. And uh, yeah, they're not from here. They don't. They're not even a band. I didn't go to the show. I, I never even went. It was not. None of this happened. This is all invalidated. He doesn't even have a daughter. Fearful. He's he's got nobody. I haven't taken any Ubers. I'm actually at my house. I'm not even at his house. That's. I've actually recorded a laugh track so someone would just come punch it in. At the, I mean, you know what? There's not even anybody laughing. I'm going to punch that in in post. I'm actually doing post now. That's the biggest lie I've told all day that I would do post work on this fucking show. Uh, so forgive me. They were a terrific band no matter where they were from. And uh, also, I should tell you that, uh, you know, when you invite me to your house to come do this, I've done it in, in Phoenix. I've done it here. I did it with Justin in a hotel room. And people are very nice. And uh, one of the main things that people do is they keep track of what they consider to be possible titles for the show. And uh, or I should say, at least they used to do that. And now they've stopped. 
They they used to diligently have a pen. Like Colette uh, was going to do it. All these people, whenever I record at their house, I'm like, you know, kind of the part of this is if you could keep track of what could be titles for me so I don't have to go back and listen. And uh, and Fearful, um, he's like, I think I thought of one early, but I don't remember. He's just he's just enjoying himself in his fucking white T-shirt, his Fruit of the Loom shirt, laughing at the show and drinking his beer or whatever the fuck. He's not even doing his part of the work. So uh, I'm not sure what the name of the show is. I'm going to have to go back and figure it out. I think uh, he said something about beans and spoons was a possibility, but I think it was something else at the, at the whatever minute mark. Who cares? I'll check. And why do you care about that? You already know the name of the show. The show's done. Why would I even tell you about that garbage? Uh, plugs. You want plugs? I'll tell you some plugs, folks. Uh, first of all, you know, there's a podcast that sponsors this podcast. What? That doesn't make any sense at all. But yes. That's happened. I've got a podcast who stepped up and it's why fearful Jesuit himself who happens to be in the room. Uh, well, no, it's in post, but uh, he's got the paranoid strain podcast, which is amazing. It's available in the iTunes store now. Uh, and while you're, I'm going to make you talk because I have questions too, because I always think of this in the fucking moment and never, I forget to do the research on it. But first of all, go listen to the paranoid strain, download it in iTunes and leave a message in the iTunes store, like a review telling him what you think of the show, telling him that we sent you. So he knows that it's a, an effective sponsorship. Certainly, uh, contact him. If you will, if you listen to the show, he's got an email address. So what is the email address where they can find you? Give it to me. The paranoid strain at gmail.com. Write him. Tell him you love the show. Tell him that you uh, know about the show because of us. Make sure he knows that we're hitters and uh, and that we bring you guys to the table. We, br- You know what? Make sure he knows that when we talk about his milkshake, it brings all the boys to the yard. And they're like, it's better than yours. Damn right. It's better than yours. Uh, so also, the, the other thing I wanted to ask, and so you've got the paranoid strain at gmail.com. Yeah. And they can leave the review in the iTunes store for you. And then uh, we have a YouTube channel. That's what it was. The YouTube channel is? Uh, it's Well, it's just look up the Paranoid Strain on YouTube. All right. If you look up the Paranoid Strain on YouTube, because I will tell you this, I tried. My own dedicated page. Well, I tried to tell. Well, of course not, because I'm, I'm the talent. Again, yes, remember, I'm really good. Uh, and I've been good for a very long time. You're a fucking neophyte. You're paying guys to tell people about you. How fucking bad is that? Um, so uh, oh, so I, yesterday, I will tell you this, because you're not on Instagram because I tried to tag you. I posted a thing from your uh, compound yesterday on Instagram and uh, I tried to do hashtag paranoid strain and there's only one usage of it on Instagram in eternity. Hashtag paranoid strain and it's for weed. Some guy's got a bag (laughs) and it's something called the pair. He's like this paranoid strain will wipe you out or whatever the fucking hashtag to paranoid strain. So, uh, so, so please use the paranoid strain at gmail.com to contact fearful Jesuit and tell him how much you love the show and how you heard about it from me. And also go to the YouTube channel. Just put paranoid strain in there and search for it and you'll find it. And, uh, and you'll find it again right now. Uh, the nine 11 show part two is up. You can find nine 11 part one from a couple of, uh, like a month and a half ago. I think it was, but he hit a, he did a quick hitter on Q and on in between. And, uh, by the way, his seventh show has, uh, Alex Jones. It's about Alex Jones. He'll tell you about it in Uber pool and fucking blow your mind. So go ahead and listen to all of his shows that are available in the iTunes store. Subscribe both to YouTube and in the iTunes store to the podcast. And then make sure you contact him and tell him that you heard about the show from us and also tell him about the great work he's doing. He loves hearing about that. And we love uh, bringing it to you. And thank you again, fearful for sponsoring the show. Um, we have a YouTube channel while you're there looking at paranoid strain. If you want to slum a little bit, go find the 40 year old boy YouTube channel. We've got all sorts of stuff up there, including the clip I did regarding the Joker, uh, which I want you to watch and share with people. And you're like, well, why the fuck should we share it? You're not sharing with anybody. I, that'll change this week. I promise I will share it. I will send it out because uh, I, I think it's something that I would be proud for people to see. 
And, uh, and so if you could share it with people, that's great. I hope you enjoyed it. If you didn't, that's fine. Don't share it. Whatever the fuck, or tell me it's bad. I do whatever you do because that's what people do all the fucking time, but I will share it. You share it. Let's all share it. And let's get people to watch this Joker thing so I can get out of the ghetto of podcasting and back into TV where I belong. Um, that seems aggressive. You guys are fans and you're all my friends. Uh, so, uh, Oh my, I have a low battery. I'm going to have to go plug in. Um, unless I can fucking talk through this. Let's see. Um, all right. I'm going to try. Well, I, I can't, no, I'll never wrap up the show in this time. I'm at a five minute battery life. God damn. Not even five minutes. 5%. That's not even five minutes here. I'm, you know, I'm going to talk right to 1%. No, I'm not. I'll be back. You're listening to the 40-year-old boy, and later, what the fuck happened to Kathleen Turner? EJ and Joaquin try to discover how you go from body heat to body meat. You know, I remember she was in the hospital a while back. Do you do you know something like she got in a fight with some other celebrity? Or- oh, yeah. I heard, when well, I heard that uh, two years ago, or, or whatever, before Ike Turner passed away, yeah. uh, he got really drunk one night, yeah. and he mistook Kathleen Fortina, uh-huh. and he just punched her for five hours. That's right. I do. Yeah, you're right. I yeah. remember that. Now. He just unloaded on her un- un- until he sobered up, and then I think he said sorry. What the fuck happened to Kathleen Turner? Find out on What the Fuck Happened to Kathleen Turner on the Mike Schmidt Podcasting Network. He went nutbush on her. I have the power. I uh, I decided to go He Man just to see if I wake the kid up upstairs in the middle of all this nonsense. Earlier, I was like, Ah, I'm gonna wake her up by saying fuck. Now I wanted to have dreams of He Man and be like, Holy shit! Castle Grace calls downstairs. Uh, so we plugged in, or we used a power strip, and, and that's how it works. That's how it works, folks. I don't know if you know this. You plug in a power strip, you get power. We're back up to six percent, seven percent. As I looked at it, I got that. You know, that was me. That was all me. That wasn't even the fucking juice. That was just off the power of me talking and looking. The power of my steely gaze made it go to seven percent. I'm gonna try to look at it again and make it go eight percent. Boom. Nah, still seven. All right, so. Uh, I've told you about the YouTube channel, the one that is, exists in the Paranoid Strain. And I told you about our YouTube channel. Go to there, 40-year-old boy. I was talking about the Joker thing. If you like it, watch it. That'd be great. We'd love it very much. Hey, who wants to drive for Uber and Lyft? Remember earlier, I talked about what a great idea it was and I, I how terrible it was, a pyramid scheme, and I convinced people to go ahead and take my money away from me. Here's, I, you know, I should tell you this, our, our buddy uh, Dustin, a guy, a guy who listens to the show, signed up. Did I mention this on the show? Dustin, uh, I'm, I'm his Uber pimp. He's out there now. He's working the streets for me, man. I'm bitch better have my money. That's all I got to say. Well, I'll tell you this. If he makes 25 rides, I just got a note from Uber. I get $10. What the fuck? You gotta be kidding me, man. They have lowered the bonus because then I have somebody else who signed up somewhere and I, I, they're at like $200, but they haven't even taken a drive yet. Because, you know, people will sign up and then they're like, I'm not fucking doing this and I don't blame them, seriously. And, but then the worst part is Uber's like, remind your friends to get on the road and make you some money. I'm like, yeah, that's what I want to do is crack the whip on these people. That's exactly what I'm planning on doing. I'm going to go ahead and say, hey, motherfuckers, you said you were going to help me. Jesus Christ, way to pit the fucking rabble against one another for fuck's sake as they sit up and smoke their fucking cigars and pipes. Um, so anyway, if you want to get involved in all that fun stuff, you want to be like Dustin and make me 10 bucks or somebody else and make me 200 or somebody else and sign up and never drive. I don't care. You can do that though. You can go to Lyft and do it using the code Mike, all caps, Mike, M-I-K-E 720057. And if you want to be an Uber driver and why wouldn't you? They're the, they're the monolith. They're there, the big name. They're the Coke. They're the Pepsi. I'm sorry. No, they're the Coke, not the Pepsi. Why would they be both? Maybe they're both. They're the cola. They're all of those things. Um, you can be the, the guy with them. This is all lowercase. 
use this code DJZW1YTTUE. That's DJZW1YTTUE. Uh, go ahead and use that code. And you can use that as a first time rider as well. I get a couple of bucks for that. But if you want to be a driver, you sign up with that code. I get uh, a taste of that. And it's very exciting. Thank you so much for thinking of me. Uh, remember that the Cameo app still exists. You can download that and have me uh, shout at your family members or just say hi to you, whatever the fuck you want me to do. Go ahead and download the Cameo app. And because uh, look, who, who, who in their right mind wants to hire Rampage Jackson to say hi to them in the morning? Who, who among you wants to pay big bucks to get Tommy Lee on the blower? Who out there wants to talk to a Los Angeles Clipper bench warmer. Nobody. You want to talk to me? You want me to give you a six-minute diatribe from the inside of my new apartment? Who among you wants to hire Garen Cockrell from Never Not Funny to call them up and say something? Because I'll tell you what, if you if you thought about that even in an instant, never call me. Never hire me. I, I uh, Look, I love Garen. He's a sweet guy. But I got to admit, when I saw that he was now on the Cameo app, I just went, well, I, I and I've only booked like three people. Like So I'm like, this thing, I, I don't know if it's just a house of cards waiting to fall or is just like, Eventually, is it like Andy Warhol's company and everyone's going to get 15 minutes to be on the Cameo app? <laughs> Nothing against Garen. He's terrific. He's, he's over there at the Daily Beast. He's, he's looking stuff up on the internet, so why wouldn't you want to talk to him? He's a very quiet, gay, nice guy, and good for him. I love him. But, uh, but when I saw his name, I was just kind of like, yeah, this is the, this is Cameo. That's what it is. It's me and Garen Cockrell just shouting at you from a void. So please, book us immediately. I'm going to, you know what, I'm going to fuck it. Don't even book me. Book Garen. Call, have Garen give you, leave you a six-minute message because he's the best. Have him uh, contact you and talk about video games or movies or the things that you love because he's knowledgeable and fun and he's a sweet guy and you want to definitely have him on your phone. You don't want me. Look at me. I'm shouty. I tell you to buy fabric softener. I'm yelling about shit. I'm disturbing your kid. You don't want to fucking have me cameoing. Um, but if you do, Download the app, hire Garen, get a message from him. You know what? Do me a favor. Book Garen to call me. Book Garen to book me. Do that. Book Garen to hire me to fucking call you. I, it's perfect. Then he gets money, I get money, and you get us. It's uh, Look at that. I've just changed the whole logo on the fly. Uh, so get the cameo up and make it happen because we're we're awesome. And uh, and you love us. You love everybody. Uh, hey, you know, I'm at a, I have a Patreon page. Did you know that? You can be a patron at the Patreon page. Thank you to everybody who signed up recently and, and jumped in there and made it a cool thing. And you're the best. And you support this show in a way that I can't possibly express my gratitude for in this short amount of time. Uh, but you keep it afloat. And that's the best. Like I said, I go out and I drive and I do what I got to do there. But man, uh, it would be a whole lot fucking worse if it wasn't for you guys stepping up on the Patreon page. So thank you so much for taking care of me there. And, uh, and become a patron. If you're not a patron now, dude, a buck a month. Five bucks a month. What's that? A fucking latte? A, a, a Schmidt 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 latte? A lat Schmidt? Whatever the fuck. Yeah, like that. Just uh, table your five bucks and buy it for me. Make me. I'm a chai Schmidt. Just fucking guzzle me down, man. Fucking book me. I think it's even less to buy me than a latte. Five bucks a month. Um, they got a five dollar box at Pizza Hut now. This is these crafty fuckheads. They're like, hey man, because everybody's got that five dollar thing. Subway used to have five dollar footlongs, but now it's six dollars because they're dicks. But then everybody's like, at, like at Wendy's, they're like four for four dollars, or you know, McDonald's like two for five dollars. Everybody's got all this thing now because we're all hobos and nobody has any fucking money. So we got to buy all these wrestling mats. They're passing off as fucking sausage McGriddles and hope that it doesn't kill us. Literally, they're selling cancer in a box, but it's cheap, so we eat it. But now Pizza Hut's like, man, we've got a medium pizza with one topping for five bucks. We've also got chicken wings for five bucks. We've also got pizza sticks for five bucks. We've also got, you know, I don't know, finger in the ass for five bucks. But the thing is, you can't buy one thing for five bucks. You got to buy two for ten. 
So they're like, here's our new $5 menu. It's like, fuck you, man. This isn't a $5 menu. It's a $10 menu. Yes, but you get two things. Well, don't lie. Don't come at me with your crafty semantics. I do not go to Pizza Hut for semantics. Believe me. I'm going to go to your finer pizza places and get semantics. That's fine with me. But a Domino's? I don't want you delivering a fucking parable. I don't want that. Nobody wants me to call Papa John's and get a riddle. I want a fucking... You want five bucks? Give me a $5 menu where everything's five bucks. Now I got to combine it and everything's got to team up. Fuck your wonder twin powers of pizza. I'm not coming to your fucking establishment. You dicks. I'm aggressively angry at Pizza Hut for no real reason. However, I think I'm justified <laughs> if you give it five seconds of thought. Uh, I don't even know how the fuck I got on that. Oh, our Patreon page. Please, by all means, uh, sponsor five bucks a month. That's all you got to do. And I don't make you team up two things for 10 bucks. I don't, although you can. Why not? Just pay, you give a lot of dough. Why not? You're the best. <laughs> um, we've got an Amazon page. Well, first of all, go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com. And go to the Joe business page. And if you're there, there's things you can buy. And again, like I said, nothing's two for five, two for 10 or one for five. Uh, we got CDs. We got all sorts of stuff. But most importantly, there's the Amazon link there. If you go ahead and click on the Amazon link and click through and do your shop and we get money, they get money, you get stuff. It works out great. Uh, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. What does it cost you? Five seconds to blaze over to my site, go to the Joe business page, click through the Amazon link, and then you're shopping under the umbrella, the safety of Mike Schmidt. It's like having insurance, internet insurance. And so if somebody smashes into you with a cart while you're there at Amazon and someone hurts your leg, you can call me and I'll sue these motherfuckers. That's how it works. You've got, you're under the protection of Mike Schmidt. It's, it's, it can't be better. So go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com, go to the Joe business page, click on the Amazon link, and then you're shopping and then you're making things happen. And now, now we're cooking with gas uh, while you're there buy gas uh, and buy something to cook too. If you would, that'd be great. Cause you know why I get money, they get money, you get stuff. I should say we get money. Why did I say I get money? Why did I make this all of a sudden an independent thing? We get money, the Royal we, I get, you know, when I get money, you get money. We all share in it together. I'll tell you what, go to Amazon, buy something, buy a hundred dollars. Here's our, you send me a receipt, buy a hundred dollars worth of something at Amazon, send me a receipt with proof and I will book you on cameo to tell me something. I go ahead. I'm sure you're on there because everybody in the fucking world is on there. So if you buy something at Amazon worth a hundred bucks, send me the receipt. I will go to cameo and hire you to fucking send me a notice. That works out great for all of us. Doesn't it? All right. Um, am I being anywhere? Am I going anywhere and doing anything? I don't think I am. No, I, I think, uh, Oh fuck. I'll tell you this. All right. Last week I was Ubering, as you know. I was hardcore in the car. Picked up a guy named Dean. I use his name because, again, I'm hoping he's listening. He told me he would. I doubt he will. And if he did if he did listen, he didn't get this far into the episode. Uh, Dean gets in the car. He's at a couple. So he's a, he's a little uh, floaty. And we're having a nice conversation. And uh, Dean's Irish, and I picked it up right away. He had the lilt. Uh, the the and I and I didn't say it right away, but I was you know he was going where he lived and I was like how long you lived here and and uh, he's like well I moved here from you know to work from Ireland and I was like I knew you were from Ireland dude I had it and uh, and we talked and it turns out he's a producer uh, like a, or he's an art director and I said oh okay he goes I work in animation and I go oh okay and we're like doing are you a writer are you a producer what do you do and he goes I'm an art director for the new Tom and Jerry I said oh. Uh, I said, I have been waiting to talk to you my entire life. He goes, excuse me. And, uh, he goes, uh, I said, it's on, what's it on? And he goes, it's on cartoon network, but it's also on YouTube. We have a dedicated YouTube channel. He goes, we get 7 million views. Like it's, he goes, I can't even explain it. He goes, the work is good. He goes, I'm not, I'm not deriding the work, but I mean, Jim and Jerry been around for 70 years. Like, I mean, I can't even, I go, yeah, I, I know that I watched them growing up. I go, but here's what I'm going to, I'm going to ask you this. I go, you're an art director. And he goes, yeah. And I go, do you have any say in the scripts? You talk to anybody over there? And he goes, I, I mean, I could, I mean, I could talk to people all the time and I go, all right. Cause, uh, like I said, I've been waiting for this moment my entire life. He goes, I don't. All right. What do you mean? And I go, 
if you can get a hold of anybody in editorial, anybody in script writing, anybody at all in the writer's room, anybody, any producer at all, and if you could somehow get Tom to kill that fucking mouse, I would be so excited. He like flinched. He goes, what? I go, fuck Jerry. I hate him. He's horrible. He's ruined Tom's life. He's mean. I get why you have to do it. Children have to see that the small guy can win. But Tom's just trying to live his life. And he starts laughing like he's just fucking dying. He goes, hold on. I'm writing this down. And I go, I want the show to open. I go, I don't, you know what? Here's the thing. I go, I want him to kill him. I don't even want like a, I go to those shows seven minutes. He goes, yeah, probably around seven minutes. I go, great. I don't want even seven minutes of like back and forth. First fucking 30 seconds. He catches Jerry, puts him in his mouth and pulls out a mouse skeleton, just pulls out a mouse skeleton. And then the, the next six minutes and 58 seconds are him cursing Jerry's family. I don't fuck just to get back at him for the 40 years, 70 years of him fucking ruining his life. I go, cause all Tom wants his pussy. You ever see that? Tom meets a girl cat and he wants to fuck her and he comes around and he does a dance. He puts on a zoot suit. He sings a weird song. And then Jerry has to get the same fucking suit. He has to play the same ukulele. And the thing is, he's not fucking hitting on a mouse. He's hitting on the other fucking cat. You interspecies fucking dick bag. You know what? Let Tom get laid. That's all he's got to do. Let him get laid. And this guy's just like, slow down. He's really putting it in the phone because he's drunk and he doesn't, he's from Ireland. He doesn't know any better. Well, he, all right. I don't want to disparage the Irish, certainly. But I mean, he, I guess he thought I was seriously, because I was just trying to make him laugh. But at the same time, I was venting about the fact. And I said, I go, look, I have a, you know, because he had asked me about my show. I go, on my show, I've talked about Tom and Jerry. I go, it's like Roadrunner. I go, they, they fucking bait and switched us. I go, don't you dare bait and switch me, Dean. I go, when I was a kid, they bait and switched me with Roadrunner. They go, tonight, the coyote catches the Roadrunner. Coyote catches the Roadrunner. And he did, but he had shrunk down to where he was only an inch tall and he, he was holding like his, like his toe or something. And then the Roadrunner fucked him up. I go, I don't want that. I go, I want Tom to legitimately, I want, I want seven minutes of mouse torture. I go, if you don't kill him right in the beginning, I want him to kill him. Just, just fucking. You know what? I go. I know Itchy and Scratchy did it. I go, but I want Reservoir Dogs. I go tie him to a fucking chair, cut off his ear, do the dance, fucking pour gas on him, the whole thing. I want him. And he goes, and he even goes, well, yeah, Itchy and Scratchy is kind of. I go, that's fine. I go, rip them off. I go, like they ripped you off. So finally, take that idea and just fucking have him kill the mouse. And he goes, and and literally, he's like, kill the mouse as he's typing it in the phone. And he goes, you know what? I'm I'm going to share this with the writers' room just because I think it's so hilarious. And I go, good. I go, if you want, I go, I'll I'll type it out and send it to you. I'll send you an email, whatever you want me to do. But seriously, kill that fucking mouse because he has ruined Tom's life, and by proxy, he's ruined a lot of our lives, Dean. And he just goes, ruined my life. And I go, yeah, you're damn right, he did. I go, fuck that, kill that mouse, kill him fast, kill him early, kill him so in a, in a way where he never comes back. I don't want fucking Jerry's ghost fucking with Tom. I don't want Tom having to deal with Jerry. I want, to, you know what? I want Tom to just kill him and then just like exhale and be like, ah. And then he just retires, like he's fine. You know, Tom doesn't. He's not a champion. He's just ridding himself of a gnat who's been buzzing in his ear for seventy fucking years. Just do me a favor, have him wipe him the fuck out, and then sit down and then he gets to rest. It's like the Godfather in the fucking garden with an orange in his mouth just fucking finally let him go you know what i'm i'm done i'm done it's, uh, you know fin- he's like you know what he's daniel plainview at the end of fucking there will be blood let fucking jerry the mouse come in and offer to borrow money and then tom stands up and goes make him renounce jesus and he does and then he eats a fucking well one done steak off of the bone and then he beats him to death with a bowling pin let him beat fucking jerry with a bowling pin and then have an old fucking waiter come down and go oh excuse me sir and he goes finished that's it that's your final episode close with it leave it on youtube or whatever the fuck and just then or even it's not even the final episode make it the first episode and and then have the fucking mouse come back and never and act like that never happened. Even better, fucking have Tom and Jerry just fucking have this thing where Tom mutilates him, and then he fucking just and, and then he just comes back in the second episode and just continues the chase. But give him one.
fuck you, Schmitty. You don't come to a throne if you're not gonna suck a dick. Egg, 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 egg.